Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss a unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Mazel tov, my brother. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, it was a pretty great weekend. Just to... to recap for those that may not know my son julian uh had his bar mitzvah this weekend out here in los angeles it was a covid quarantined bar mitzvah done mostly on zoom but our friends and family like ward and his family uh got to watch and you know as a dad as a parent i'm sure everybody out there has had moments where you you get really swelled up with pride and this was it for me. This was this was the big one, for and good I, reason. And of course, I mean, the cherry on top was <laughs> he finishes his speech, which was well thought out and poured over, and very uh, as we were talking, a little controversial as he talked about the nature of religion and God and and the Torah. And then at the end of it, he says Shabbat Shalom and go Hoosiers. <laughs> it and, was. I immediately texted you. You must be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a great moment. He he was really nervous going into the whole thing. And I think that when he got to that point, he realized he could kind of let go a little bit because it was near the end. And I think that just brought a little bit of his personality out, kept Indiana Pride going in a bar mitzvah, which oh, uh, probably I hasn't happened that often. And I could tell he just looked straight at you when he said that. And his eyes just lit up. He's like, this one's for you, dad. I I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I clipped it out and put it on Twitter so that people could see because oh, I was so good, good. proud of it. And it got a ton of, of responses. So thank you to everybody who responded with really nice messages. I really appreciate that. But I'm uh, glad you said that that was the highlight. I, I thought you were going to say it was that Morgan Miller gave you the uh the mazel tov shout out that morning that was 1a that was yeah. 1a i mean that was pretty good when i saw <laughs> coach miller's wife morgan give us a little mazel tov that that definitely got everything going and i definitely told julian that before we went to the synagogue and he was like what so he felt <laughs> he felt real good it was it was just a great weekend and uh 
uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just really proud of them. And, and again, thank you to everybody. There's some really sweet messages from people on the PEGS message boards and uh, on Twitter, uh, letting us, letting us uh, kind of revel in the moment. So thank you to everybody out there. It was great. And now we can turn our attention to Indiana University Athletics, which we're just a few days away from football taking the field and getting this thing going. Here it comes. Here it comes. You know, the thing that I have been most intrigued by here over the last couple, three days is this, this red shirt year for everybody. Yeah. Now, when they're talking about winter sports though, because I'm in the, the basketball rabbit hole is where I've been examining this and how it may affect our team for years to come. Does that apply to football as well? Well, I think they gave everybody last, I I think they already announced the football thing. Well, wait a minute, okay. maybe they didn't. No, because we Cause played, they played at the bowl games. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think they have. I think they've just set it for winter sports. Which I didn't know if football qualifies. No, it doesn't. Winter is, uh, I'm sorry, football is a fall sport. Fall that is sport, how they, yeah. They, so no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's just a basketball thing. Brian well, Snow I mean, put up something that, you know, that nobody was going to take advantage of it. And he was comparing it to his college experience that when he was done with his four years, he was ready to get out. And I had to respond. I'm like, oh, well, no shit, Brian. I mean, you were binge drinking and doing nothing at Ohio State. <laughs> they were more than happy to kick your ass off. But the, the idea, by the way, I don't think many people will take advantage of it. But I love reading about, oh, you know, it's such a grind playing sports at, at a high level. I mean, are kids really going to sign up? for another year of it. Look, the kid that's going to go make a couple hundred thousand dollars playing professionally, whether overseas or get lucky enough to be drafted, they're not going to take advantage of it. But the kid who's not going to play professionally and can be a graduate student, my God, my senior year when I still had to get a degree, I took bowling. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was really uh, going through the motions that senior year. And that was that was my fourth year. Yeah, I that, can't you needed that year. year. Yeah. <laughs> If I could go back and take a fifth year, fuck, I would do it in a heartbeat. It'd be great. I would now, but at the time I wouldn't have. I was over it. I had senioritis. Yeah, but I you were spending... playing basketball, traveling around the world playing. That's that's true. Like that adulation that you get. Like I know it's a grind, the practice right. and stuff, but my that... God, look at Colin Hartman. Colin Hartman did everything he could to get that extra year because he's like, I'm not going to play basketball after this. I think he's the example. Well, right. I, but, but now I really think of Joey as a guy who he, he was born and raised loving IU with his late father. And he finally got down to Bloomington and I could really see him wanting to extend that for a year. And if Trace is leaving and Logan, Logan's just, you know, a youngster needing to learn the ropes that there's a real, on both sides of that equation, there's a, a real reason for people for, uh, to want that to continue but I think I thought I saw Brian Wright. He thought it was going to be like 50 50 people who took advantage of it. Uh, oh, not. no, I don't. I, if he said that originally, what a shock. Brian Snow's changed his opinion. <laughs> um, now he's saying that that most will not take advantage of it. But I agree. Look, the only thing on Joey is he's 54 years old. So right. he may he may just be ready to move on with his life. But just I agree retire. Just retire oh, from life. Yeah, he might be ready to retire. Um but I do think the other thing to think about is, you know, if you think that like, if Indiana does really well this year. Mm -hmm. When they do. Yes, when they do. But then next year, if there's the thought that like, oh, we may compete for a Big Ten championship and have a Final Four caliber team, mm -hmm. how do you pass that up if you're somebody like Joey? 
Right. You know, then or, I'm or like, Al for that record. Or Al. Although I do think Al will play international basketball. I don't think Al's an NBA player, but I think he'll make a living for a while playing international ball. Well, and I just wonder if it's not a situation where uh, it's NBA kind of money and you want to get quickly to that second contract as fast as possible with somebody like Al, who has really helped Archie build this thing from the ground up again, that no matter where Al might go and play, he's not going to have 17,000 people ripping their faces off going crazy because he's bringing a Big Ten championship home. So, you know, I think that's if this team really, really overachieves this year, maybe you lose that incentive. But if he's like, man, I got a, a taste of it this year. And if I come back next year, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, I think we would, I think we'll still need his shooting next year too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will, we will, we will see that. Is, that is going to be an interesting um, storyline to play out at the end of the year, like who's deciding to stay and who's not. This is the only year though, that the, the year won't count against the scholarship number. Well, so Joey well, and it, Al could come back and it won't count against the 13. Because in theory, that would mean next year there there you could have 15 or just even yes. unlimited 15. Well, not yet. I mean, you could have as many, you could have 13 plus whoever, if you had seven seniors, they could right. all come back. But For us, that's the 15. only year. Right. That's the only year that that'll matter. Well, and it is crazy to think that race could end up in Bloomington for six years. Yeah. I mean, he could. I mean, and that's even without so applying could for the redshirt. Oh, no. Jerome could be five years. Right. Yeah, because he didn't come well, in. No, 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 like no, no. Race. Jerome could be six years. If he gets a redshirt. Or he did get a redshirt. He did get a redshirt. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. But hopefully Jerome progresses to the point where he's going to the pros. Amen. I Amen. mean, that's, that's what we want for him and what we want for us, truthfully. Uh, the, the truth is, though, all of these guys, you know, if they did come back for an extra year, they would need some extra juice. They would need <laughs> some extra um, gumption behind them. And because of a certain website, I think they could have it because they would be powered by... Very, that was a very normal one that felt weirdly warm yeah it was, was a kinder gentler one the first stretch i was like again if somebody just happened into the broadcast like you know orson wells war of the worlds they would think that there's some kind of um emergency broadcast broadcast test <laughs> yeah. going on i think you were on the right frequency for that or several people are just running into their basements now because they think it's a tornado <laughs> warning that's right that's especially, what's especially back in the midwest exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, well, look, man, uh, real quick update on the Board of Trustees campaign. As of today, we are 12 days away from the campaign officially launching. There is wow. a website in development. The website will have the form that anyone could fill out if you graduated IU to get us on the ballot. We need 200 signatures. It's going to be done um, electronically. We're trying to figure out the easiest way that that can be done. But this thing is happening. 
It's on. It's on. I got my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. They were here visiting. We'd all quarantined to be here with my in-laws for my wife's birthday. And it's going to be my father-in-law's birthday in a couple of days. And I straight up said, you guys are going to sign this for Eric here in a, in a couple of weeks. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. No sure. questions. Who's asked. Eric? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are one, uh, one hundredth of the way there of required signatures. We're going to get there, man. We, we, I think we can very... do it in the first day. I think I say we try to do it day one. Oh, I love that. All right. Yeah. Let's make that a thing. Let's get 200 signatures day one. I got to get this website up. I don't know what I'm doing on developing this website. You're, really you're overthinking it. This is this is like mm -hmm. me in the campaign song. You're you're going over every minute detail. I mean, you could put it out to the listeners which email address they prefer. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Go ahead. Okay, Throw so, out the so, options. So the two options are um, Eric for trustee at gmail.com. And then wait, what's the other? Pankowski what? Just for trustee. For trustee. Yeah. So the, the debate was Pankowski. That's the brand. That is the that brand. Is, that is way more distinct than Eric. However, uh, there's more letters, uh, more syllables, maybe harder for people to get right off the top of their head as opposed to Eric, which unless you're one of these weirdos that spells it with a K, people know how to write that down. So yeah. What do you, the listeners think you need to email Eric? You say, Hey, Eric, uh, I want to know how I can help. How yeah. can I go all in with you and the team to get you elected to the board of trustees? Would you rather email Penkowski for trustee at gmail.com or Eric for trustee at gmail.com? Let us know. Uh, take to the boards, take to Twitter and let your voice be heard because Eric, he's your trustee. And he's going to listen to you on the absolutely most vital matters to do with Indiana University. And also, he's going to listen when you say what kind of email address you want to be using to get a hold of. I can guarantee you, we will hear you on both. How much we listen, who the hell knows? <laughs> I mean, once we get in there, I mean, I'm going to get power hungry and just go for it all, right? I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. just turn that's it into a playground. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway that's coming and that's going to be a fun thing for us to do but we are uh, we're working hard at it and let's get to this week's interview which is so exciting and we won't talk that much about it because we repeat ourselves we do but look we've made it a point to try to get all the coaches and main people associated with the program that aren't players to be on our show we've got archie we got mike roberts we got Bruiser before he turned traitor. Um, we got Cliff Marshall. Uh, we we are still working on Tom Ostrom. I mean, that guy's really paging Tom Ostrom. Paging it's Tom Ostrom. Really squirrely. I mean, it's just not right. It's just not I think, right. I think he's got some deep dark secrets, and he's afraid he's just going to spaz out, let him slip on air, and then we're either going to air his dirty laundry or extort him for cash and good seats. That's exactly right. Well, he's right about on both accounts. If yeah. we had skeletons, we'd want to exploit them. And we absolutely would use it to blackmail him to get what we want. So on, on second thought, he's making the right decision. <laughs> yeah. luckily, Everybody else messed up. <laughs> yes. Luckily, this gentleman messed up. And uh, look, we didn't know him before at all. We have no connection to him. He came on and... I'm still like on a high from talking to him. We just talked to him a few days ago and he is uh, the man. Yeah, it's great in the wake of an interview like that, that I'm here with my in-laws where my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, all Hoosiers, 
and all very interested in the program. So whereas, you know, especially this year in quarantine, where I'm just kind of going into Annie and the kids and trying to get them to share in my enthusiasm for something I just learned or somebody I just talked to with all of them, it's a very receptive audience. So they, they heard a lot about this gentleman over the last 48 hours. That's awesome. Uh, we've gotten a lot of pigs message board and tweets of people really excited. I think, look, when you have somebody who's part of the program in, in the way that he is, you just want to know more about him. You want to know, you want to get to know him because we've talked about it. You know, these people become part of our family. And, and so uh, I'm leaving a, an open seat for him at my table anytime he wants to come by for dinner when he starts recruiting out here. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I have a feeling that chair is going to remain empty for a long time. Isn't that like Passover? You leave a chair there and nobody- For Elijah. <laughs> yeah, Elijah, yeah. yeah. It'll be your Elijah, but it's, it's always there. You got you to gotta keep a place for him. His name kind of sounds like Elijah. Not really. Oh, okay. That's fair. All right, well, let's just get to it. Uh, by the way, if you want to reach us on Twitter, and we'll put a poll up for the email too. We'll put a poll okay. up on Twitter. Uh, it's- at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics, no E, no I, but, but the sometimes, the sometimes why? why? We'll see how that one goes. I hope you guys enjoy this a tenth as much as we did, because if so, it'll be a, a good couple hours for you. Hoosier Hysterics, Hoosier Hysterics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Hoosier Nation, there is a new member of Hoosier Nation. He's here, he's here with us. But before we tell you exactly who he is, Eric's going to tell you exactly what he's done. Eric, go ahead. This gentleman hails, and I love saying this phrase, from the DMV, which is not something I ever knew before following college basketball recruiting circles. But from Arlington, Virginia, a four-year point guard at Duquesne, where he served as captain for three seasons and received the award as the top upperclassman for two of his seasons. I'm imagining the two seasons he was an upperclassman. I think that's how that works. Yeah. After playing at Duquesne, he went and got his master's degree in education from North Carolina State. Interesting uh, overlapping with some other people that we know in the Indiana University family. He also mm -hmm. served as the student manager uh, for the Wolfpack. He has 18 years of Division I coaching experience. That all started back at Duquesne, his alma mater, where he was a full-time assistant for two years. He helped bring in the top recruiting class in the Atlantic 10 in 1999. He was the director of basketball operations for the Wolfpack at NC State. He stayed there until 2004, where he took a little journey over to Xavier, where he was an assistant coach for another person that we know pretty well named Sean Miller at Xavier, back-to-back 20-win -back seasons and a spot in the 2007 NCAA tournament. He then took his talents to Georgetown. You can just see, I mean, by the way, one of the things that we have to get into is just all the incredible places that this gentleman has been. But he was at Georgetown for six years, and all he did there was help win two Big East titles, five 20-win seasons, five NCAA tournament berths, he helped bring in and develop several big name players like Roy Hibbert, Greg Monroe, Otto Porter. From 2013 to 2018, he came to the Midwest and joined Nebraska where he came into the Big Ten. He was an assistant coach for five years at Nebraska where really Nebraska experienced the most success that they have really had at any point in their tenure in college basketball. And from there went to UConn where he joined forces with 
uh, a member of basketball royalty and Danny Hurley and the Hurley family. He landed or helped land UConn, I should say. I want to give him all the credit, but I'm sure he won't take it. He helped UConn land two consecutive top 20 recruiting classes. He has been a coach for 11 teams that have reached the NCAA tournament. He is well-liked by all of his peers that we've ever had a chance to talk to. He was targeted by Archie Miller to come in and replace Bruiser Flint, who of course uh, was a trader and went to Kentucky. So we are happy to kick his ass <laughs> out of here and bring this gentleman in. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to the co-associate head coach for the Indiana University Hoosiers. Please welcome Kenya Hunter. My man, Eric, it's good to be here, man. I don't know if I've been doing this too long. <laughs> if you read that stuff, or, uh, but I've been very fortunate to be at a, a lot of good places and, and work for a lot of good coaches, man. And uh, obviously being here, I'm excited, excited to be working with someone that I've known for a very long time and in such a historic place as Indiana. We're going to get into all that, but after reading all of those stops that you've had, all the great success you've had, there is one question that comes to mind, and that is, what cologne do you wear that was the talk of Lincoln, Nebraska? Oh, my goodness. You, you've actually done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't warn me on this, man. <laughs> I wish people could see your eyes. We're only going to release the audio, but your eyes just got real wide. I'm, I'm like, where did that come from? Wow. I am told that women all over campus came through the basketball offices to get a whiff of Kenya Hunter's cologne. What is your secret? What is the cologne? It's not a secret. I, I learned it from my dad. That's That's first and foremost, but... It was a, a clone by the name of Spice Bomb. Spice Bomb. It's for all, all the single men, they need to get it, you know? <laughs> it, it helps, it helps, but I'm not single. But I actually <laughs> bought that uh, for our assistant athletic director, Mark Bame. He used to say to me all the time, man, you smell so good. I went home and, and my wife was like, you need to smell like Coach Hunter. And, and I actually bought that for him. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the end result, but uh, it actually helped him. It helped All right. Spice bomb. If you ever tried it, you got to try it. I'm, look, look, I'm not. <laughs> That's single. unbelievable. You asked that question. Oh, yeah, man. Come on. We do. We do the kind of research on this show that people are dying to know about. That is what we do. In quarantine, uh, maybe other people are like me and not showering as much. And my <laughs> wife would certainly appreciate a spice bomb in our life. So I'm going to Google that right when we're done with this. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, so, Kenya, look, let's start off with I'm sure this summer uh, has been a whirlwind for you. Uh, you know, just a few months ago, you were at UConn, probably preparing for what you thought was going to be your third season there. And mm -hmm. then an old friend somebody you've known for a while gives you a call do us a favor and let's just start there if you don't mind on how it came to be your journey to Bloomington well I say this all the time Kenny Payne started this <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he, he really did by him going to Kentucky and and, and taking the next job um, I thought it it was obvious with uh, either uh, Bruiser going Orlando Antigua, who's worked for Calipari at Kentucky. I didn't know which one would go, but uh, this is a true story. Uh, once uh, Bruiser left, uh, I told my wife actually that night when I saw it happen, I was like, ah, we may get a call. <laughs> and, and I went to bed uh, and then the next morning I wake up to a text and uh, it, it was Arch and, um, you know, my eyes lit up. 
and just not knowing what was going on, but it was kind of one of those, it was like a perf perfect storm the way it happened because at UConn, we were going on a, a break from our guys being on campus for the past eight weeks. And so they had a week off before um, we were going back to school. So um, it was one of those things where I was actually going to Atlanta to visit my parents because uh, they're older. And I told Arch, let me get there and get settled and, you know, think about it and, and weigh all the options. And we actually talked, you know, probably several days uh, after that. And, um, you know, all the things that he was telling me that he needed and, uh, and an assistant, you know, and the things that he could try to do for me and my family, uh, it just made sense. And so, you know, not long after that, that following week, you know, about Thursday, you know, uh, I told him Monday when I was leaving from uh, Atlanta back to UConn that let me take a day uh, or two. And um, by Thursday, I made a decision that I was going to come. My, my wife you know, prayed about it first, and then my wife uh, and uh, my daughter, Kendall, which is is a tough situation because she's a senior, uh, going into her senior year. So it was just like I didn't want to disrupt what she was doing and She's at a good school uh, and she has a lot of friends. It's, it's different with girls. I have a, a, a 19 year old son who's about to turn 20. And when we moved from Nebraska to Yukon, he was going into his senior year. And it actually worked out for him because he's a basketball player and he went to the same school, East Catholic. Uh, and it was kind of a, a match in heaven because he won a state championship in, in Nebraska. Nice. And then came to UConn uh, in Connecticut and, and won a state championship at East Catholic where he went to school. And so, it, it, like I said, it was a perfect storm for that and for him. But girls are different than boys. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out because he, he's good with making new friends and things like that. My daughter is more reserved. Um, but um, it, it's it's going well so far. So I'm happy, man. I'm happy. You had, you, you'd mentioned... Uh, that you got into some conversations with Archie about what he needed from from you to come in as as a part of his staff. Could you get into some of those specifics of the conversation of of how he was laying it out for you, what he needed, and and what they could do for you? Yeah, the first thing you know, they've done a very good job. Let's go to recruiting because that's important. They've done a very good job in the Midwest, and you know, with Tom and. And, and Mike Roberts here, they've done a good job of getting the top talent here. And I think what they feel like I can bring is a guy, um, you know, from the DMV area who has ties there, but not only in the DMV, you know, I've been doing it for 19, 20 years now. And so just connections throughout um, um, the country and having connections from being in the business. And so, you know, bringing some of the talent from different places to add uh, to what they have already done here and and kind of take care of the state. And so I think that, that was the first thing um, that, you know, it, it kind of makes sense in that, that regard. When they were really good, you know, they had a mixture of great Midwest guys mixed with a couple uh, guys from the East, uh, Victor Oladipo, who I always mention, you know, when they got a couple guys like him and Will Sheehy and they kind of, built that to a number one team in the country at one point. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, uh, defensively, you know, I've always had a niche or had the responsibility of uh, game planning defensively uh, at every school that I was at. 
And, and so being able to help and have another set of eyes, uh, you know, with Arch helping defensively um, with the schemes that they have here. And I think he felt like it could be seamless because some of the stuff that, you know, when I work with his brother, Sean Miller, uh, they did there, you know, they do similar stuff here. So as far as terminology, which is huge for coaches to be on the same page, um, he thought that I could, you know, pick that up pretty easy. How much, you know, we hear so much when there's an assistant coach position available on, is this guy going to leave? Would he leave his good, you know, he's at a similar sized program or similar prestige. What can we offer that they can't? When you're considering a job, obviously you have a relationship with Archie. Mm-hmm. But as you're thinking about it and, and contemplating it, how much of the decision comes down to, let's not kid ourselves, this is a business too, and you've got to provide for your family. How right. much of this is a money, does money figure in? And how much is just fit and where you see like a fun challenge and being with somebody like Archie? Where, how does that like pie chart get split in your head? Well, it's always been about relationships for me and, and having like, I, I didn't know Danny Hurley. Uh, and it, it was a different environment, me going there. I've learned a lot in the short two years that I was there, but I didn't know him, you know, and uh, just the relationship, the trust, uh, it takes a while to build that, you know, and and for me, I just knew uh, automatically, like instantaneously, like with Arch, I would have that, the trust, uh, respect of, you know, being in the business for a long time. And, and that was kind of big in, in, my, in weighing my decision. Uh, and then you look at both programs, uh, you know, who have a lot of history and winning uh, tradition, right? UConn, yeah. four national championships, you know, but in the last five, six years, they, they haven't had great success. And, you know, Indiana with five national championships, uh, but haven't had the success in a long time. And Archer's trying to build that. And I always... You know, I'm up for challenges, man. You know, that's why we do this. You know, I love the game. And so when a challenge presents itself like this, where I feel like, you know, I can go in and, and kind of lay a foundation and help, uh, I feel like I can do that, you know. And, and so that's one of the reasons why I, I made the decision to do it. Just a quick follow-up, because obviously you do have – um, a tie to Michael Lewis, who played here for four years, um, grew up in Indiana and, and has, you know, as good of a sense of what Indiana means as anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, and, and I don't, did you know Bruiser at all? Are you friendly with Bruiser? Yes, I've, I've known Bruiser because uh, when I was at Duquesne University, Bruiser was an assistant in Calipari as when I was a player. So I've known Got it. Uh, and then, you know, how the connection all goes back you know, when Bruiser, uh, when I was in college, um, my summer job was coaching AAU with Arch's dad, John Miller. So mm-hmm. all those players, Bruiser was recruiting Danny Fortson, Kenya mm-hmm. Martin, you know, uh, Calipari was recruiting those guys along with Hugs. So I had all those crazy guys in my room because uh, <laughs> it was J.O. Strike late at night trying to lobby for, you know, who's going to get who. And so that's kind of how it, it got, I got started into this uh, as a summer job. And when you were contemplating the Indiana job, do you call a Michael Lewis to say, you know, give me the real skinny on Indiana? Do you call a bruiser to be like, 
is Archie crazy behind the scenes? Because look, I don't know Danny Hurley at all. I just watch TV and I look at it and I go, that dude's a crazy man. I mean, he's a crazy person. By the way, we've had crazy people as the head coach of Indiana not too long ago. But, so, so I'm just wondering how you, besides just your relationship with Archie, are you trying to get other information from the people that you know that, that spend time? In yeah, that, that's very important. Uh, you know, I, I did actually both Mike and Bruiser reached out to me you know, and uh, I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, Mike's thing was, hey, if you got any questions uh, about just the whole situation there or what's going on or what you're getting yourself into, give me a call. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, when you're first <clears throat> getting all these texts and stuff about what, what you think you're going to do and, you know, you try to just stay, lay low for a little bit and, you know, try to process everything. Um, before you talk to everyone and um, but I, I did reach out to Mike and and, and talk to him and you know uh, Bruiser the same thing um, and they gave me you know what I thought I was going to get you know it's a great situation a great institution um, you know it, it's gonna you know you're they're right there to take all and they thought that I could really help and, and so um, you know Mike Lewis he when when we worked together, I mean, Mike did a hell of a job when he came out to Nebraska with us, especially with Coach Miles offensively. He has a very sharp mind, and uh, you know, I think he helped offensively. The, the the three years that he was out there at Nebraska, he really helped with the offensive percentage, and and um, you know, we you know he did the offense, and I helped with the defense, and you know. Uh, and you know, we yeah, got and then you came into Bloomington and you kicked our ass. That's what you did. And we don't appreciate that, Kenya. We didn't we didn't like that. Michael has reminded us of that he, fact. I know he has. He he was excited. That was just you know that was his scout. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he was pretty damn excited about that. Uh, but uh it's a tough place to play. I do know that. And I always say, you know, they didn't bring all the fans for Nebraska, you know. <laughs> so we, we had a little advantage over that. One thing we do hear about when IU is going out trying to recruit the best mm -hmm. assistant coaches, one of the red flags is how IU's compliance department seems to be working against the team, whereas most compliance departments are like trying to help you not yeah. mess up. Is that something you heard about and were concerned about? And are you experiencing any of that since you got there? Or, or what's the situation on the ground? Actually, I think they've been very helpful. I don't know how it was before I got here, but I know they kind of the point person for men's basketball kind of changed in the first couple of years. And, you know, the guy Tyler, uh, since I've been here, uh, has been great. I mean, you know, especially uh, with the new age recruiting now, what you're able to do over Zoom, uh, right. kids coming to campus and visiting you know, uh, without coaches being around, like what can they do and what can't they do? Um, you know, so the do's and don'ts of that. I mean, it, it, he's been very, very good at, at getting back to us and and getting the stuff that we we need to, you know, at least stay, a, uh, you know, on play, a level playing field as far as with the compliance. So. I, I just got to ask this, theoretically mm -hmm. speaking, hypothetically, mm -hmm. If a recruit wanted to come to Bloomington right now, and we know that they can't do any official visits or even unofficial right. visits, they can come on their own and tour the campus. Right. But if they came and theoretically you left the door to assembly hall open mm. and then there was a door that was opened on the way to the court 
and mm. the scoreboard just happened to have a picture of them up in an Indiana jersey. I'm just wondering, hypothetically, is that legal? Is that legal? No, okay. it's not. <laughs> no, and I, hey, I don't. Hey, listen, I, I will stay above board. It's NCA. They're not messing around right now. No. All right. Well, it's good we know it's not legal, and it's also good that we now know exactly what Bruiser and Kentucky are doing. <laughs> so, I mean, like, let's just be honest. All right. So, I want to go back to a personal thing for you. We we've talked to several coaches. When mm-hmm. you're an assistant coach and and a head coach, but especially assistant coaches that are married, it is mm-hmm. part of the deal. Most mm-hmm. of the wives know, like, we're going to be moving around. Yes. But like you said, you've got kids, and that gets harder and harder. When you went to your wife and told her we might get that call, what was her initial reaction about moving from, what is it, Stores, Connecticut, to 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 Bloomington, Indiana? Yeah, you know what? Um, it was kind of it kind of shocked me because I thought she was going to be like, you know, hell no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's 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 August, and, and she may uh, you know she may be okay right now, but uh, moving it's hard, man. It really is a hard thing. And, you know, uh, I have a great wife. I really do because, you know, as we've grown uh, and gone through this coaching business and the moves, um, you know, it it can take a toll on you, but I I always, you know, that's the other thing is who you work for because, you know, uh, you, you have to have the freedom to, when things come up and I had some personal stuff come up just a little bit ago and, you know, Archer's like, Hey, do what you got to do. That means a lot to me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because, you know, you have to be there first for your family, you know? Uh, and, you know, I, I put my family first in a lot of things, especially, you know, now, you know, they're older, um, but you miss a lot, you know, uh, as a coach, you miss a lot, man. And, uh, Sometimes you come home and they're doing things or, or, you know, have things going on that you can't be a a part of. And I I do my best to, you know, be attentive, you know, especially when I'm at home, once I go home. But, you know, we're in that transition now. And, you know, my wife and my daughter are doing it on their own. Normally my son's there, but he's at school. Uh, He's a sophomore in school. So that's a lot of pressure on my wife. But, you know, she's staying uh, in stores for the senior year of your daughter. No, so what what just happened is we actually put our house on the market. It actually we had two offers in like four days. Wow! Nice. So we actually uh, it's a blessing, man. Yeah, you know, especially so, in this time. Yeah, we're able to close on that house in November. November the thirteenth, we close on that house, and we're in the process here. Uh, we just you know possibly I'm praying that we uh, we we put a uh, offer on another house here. Um, and that's kind of, you know, it's late. Hopefully I'm not jumping the gun, but I, I, I don't want to get here and have to move twice. That's what I would hate to do. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, we, we'll do that. But it, it does take a toll, man. You yeah. Know, running on, but it, it does. And you, you got to have, you know, just a relationship, um, you know, with your wife and the understanding. So I appreciate her. I love you, babe. There we go. Nice <laughs> shout out to the wife. You, you've learned well. I'm divorced. I should have been doing those shout outs a long time ago. <laughs> I, I wonder in that situation, like you, you've done it a few times now, and maybe it's too early yet to see it in Bloomington. But is that is that something where all the other members uh, of the program and particularly wives or girlfriends or even other kids, 
do, do they know that hardship and do they make an effort to integrate not just you into the program, but the family too? Is that, is that your introduction to the community? Yes, it is. And, and I'll tell you what, Archie's wife, Morgan, I, thank goodness, I've, you know, we've known Morgan. She was a, um, uh, what did Morgan, she ran track? Right. I think she was a track star at NC so, State. So, and I, I, I knew Morgan when I worked at NC State and Arch was chasing her around in uh, <laughs> trying to get her. Uh, so I've known her that long. And, you know, right away, she reached out to my wife. Uh, my wife and my daughter actually uh, came a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we went over to Arch's house. We did social distance, but it was a great thing you know, for, you know, Morgan to get to see my wife, but she's been more than helpful uh, just telling my wife and keeping her in a loop. And Morgan does a good job with, you know, the wives here, you know, uh, just doing things together, um, you know. So um, that's what I've heard. And she's done that. She's reached out to my wife several times. Um, and I really appreciate that. That that helps. That helps me. <laughs> yeah, sure. By the way, you're such a pro because you worked in, you went over to his house and then you realized, oh, I better tell everybody we were socially distanced too. <laughs> I mean, you have really hit the talking points. That is good. All right. So you come to Bloomington. We're going to get into basketball stuff, I swear. But but I'm also just, we love Bloomington. I mean, yeah. we love it. It's our favorite. I heard, place. I heard. Yes, you, you know. When you come to <laughs> so I got to know, <laughs> it kind of sucks for you because the restaurants, yeah. it's a different situation. But have you had any great meals in Bloomington yet? And, and have you found a place that you really enjoy yet that's like a go-to for you? Yeah, you're gonna. I, I'm one. I'm a weird eater. One because of my health. You know, okay. I had a scare last uh, year. Um, so, I, you know, as, as far as for me, uh, eating the right foods is, is very important for me. Oh Jesus! Uh, so you gotta get I, out of Bloomington. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. know. <laughs> I know. I, I told my wife. That's why I gotta hurry and get my wife. Yeah. I have to have low sodium in my in my mm. diet. So. Um, you know, she was doing, that's the other thing. She, she was doing a great job. And, you know, my last report before, you know, I had to go back to Connecticut to have my final, uh, test with the cardiologist and, and heart doctor. And, you know, I had a great report, so things were going well, but then when I don't eat the correct foods and stuff, um, you know, it kind of elevates my blood pressure and, you know, that's one of the things I got to make sure I, I keep on control. It, it's going to elevate already on a court. So I exactly. Gotta... And and I was going to say there are restaurants in Bloomington, our favorites, that if you just walk through them, your mm -hmm. sodium level will increase. <laughs> I mean, so you got to be you got to be real careful, man, about where you're going in Bloomington. Well, well Mike, Mike, Mike Roberts, he takes me to this place, Dagwoods, all the time. <sighs> Sandwich, <laughs> love it. Like Mike, these sandwiches are to die for. It's like, man, this is not good for me. So I try to level it out. If I, you know, I eat the same thing in the morning um, to to start the day: some Greek yogurt and a kind bar. So I kind of do the right thing there. Yep. Lunch, because Mike now, uh, you know, takes me to these different lunch spots. I kind of uh -huh. watch it, and then. I'm like salad, you know, different salads in the evening time or, you know, something with low sodium in the evening. So 
Well, of, of all the places you could land in the Midwest, I mean, Bloomington's pretty good like that. I think they still yeah. have Blooming Foods, right? The yeah. organic health food yeah. grocery store. I've yeah. never been in there, but I've heard you can get really healthy food yeah. there. I'm almost offended you bring it up. <laughs> it's it's just the novelty on our show. Yeah. It's just the- it is. Bagwood's got a, a, a good, uh, what is it? What is that good? Uh, it's like a rib sandwich. It's kind of like, uh, yeah. yeah Kenya, I also want to say this. If you're looking to eat healthy, Mike Roberts ain't the best companion. <laughs> no, I mean, my God, God, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's like you decided to pick the worst person to I take know. around. I know. And what, what's the wing spot do they have? Buffaloes. 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 I've been in there several times with, with Mike as well, so. Yeah, Mike is not good for me right now. No. He, he's good on the court with me. He's helping me out, but no, as far as the rest of us, no. Let me ask uh, the, the kind of serious question about coming to Bloomington. Mm. Obviously, Ward and I and all of our listeners, we we cherish Bloomington. It, it holds a very meaningful place in our lives. And we we like to think that Bloomington and IU are different than other places that play basketball. I mean, you've heard, you know, in 49 states, it's basketball, but this is Indiana. You have been at some historic places. Georgetown Mm -hmm. with the legacy of John Thompson, national championships. UConn, the legacy of Jim Calhoun, national championships. Mm -hmm. Xavier, you know, I would argue, you know, with Gonzaga, like what, like the best kind of second tier, you know, program maybe ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Success all the time. You've been to these places that have great history. Mm -hmm. Is in, you've only been there for a few weeks, a couple months now. Do you feel it different in Bloomington? I, I you know, I do in a sense because you know, <laughs> I don't know these these students, man. Is I, I one is forty six thousand students to go here. Like I, this is probably by far the biggest mm. institution I've been to, as far as the numbers. And you know, they say forty six, like it's a large number and I've never seen so many fraternity and sorority houses in a row, like all over. Yeah. And uh, that, and, and then just the campus, the feel of the campus is, is set up so nice uh, for our student athletes, as far as how you get to class. And then the setup of, you know, just the facility wise, it's a great setup from where they live to where they eat, to where they practice, to where they play it's a hell of a setup, man. You know, you just walk across the street and you're right there. Um, so as far as that for student, for our student athletes, it's a great setup, you know, and, and then just the campus feel, you know, it was, you know, the weather has been very good and, you know, a lot of people have been out. Um, and, and so uh, as far as the feel of campus life, it, it's it's like no other, like every any place that I've been a part of, um, it has a different feel for that. Now, you know, obviously, you know, we're not going to have fans probably this year. So as far as the feel of being um, in Assembly Hall, um, I'm not going to get that feeling. But um, from the videos that I've watched from showing recruits, it, it seems like it's a hell of a deal as well on game. It's nice that you got there as the leaves were changing. That is clearly yeah. one of the magical times to be in Bloomington. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you had mentioned previously that that Mike Roberts was 
was helping you though on the court and with the yeah. team. And yeah. I just wonder what that assimilation is like. Obviously it helps to have a previous relationship with, with mm. Archie and to have an understanding of what you're coming there to do. But at the end of the day, you're walking into your new job, you have new coworkers and right. you've got to find your, your role in that. So how's that been going and, and, and how does that go? I, I think it's been great. One, um, Bill Comar, uh, who's who's here and has been with Arch since Dayton. You know, I worked with him at Xavier. He was our operations person at, at Xavier. Brian Walsh, I actually recruited to Xavier. So yeah. that connection. So I knew those two guys. And then Tom Ostrom, I always tell Tom um, this story. Uh, Herb Sendek when I was at NC State and uh, back in the day, you can recruit from the operation spot. And I think Tom was at Florida at the time. And Herb Sendek used to always come to me and was like, hey, I got this guy, Tom Ostrom in Florida. He he, he recruits his ass off. He's getting <laughs> everyone in, in the Florida. He's recruiting from the phone. And so I used to hear that all the time. And, and I got to know Tom, you know, uh, through the business. And I used to tell him that story all the time. And, and Tom actually helped me at ne Nebraska because he knew Tim Miles. And, and so, you know, when I was looking to go from Georgetown to Nebraska, I think Tom had talked to Tim about me because uh, we had the same agent or he knew an agent that I was dealing with as well, Jason Charney. So, um, you know, it was that connection as well. And so the, the thing that I, I would say that kind of helped me even come here is that I knew the guys that kind of, you know, uh, that I was getting myself into. I knew the situation. And, and so that, that kind of helped. Uh, and, and I think me getting here and getting a chance to meet uh, Mike Roberts, I actually have known of Mike Roberts and been in the same places because we played at the same prep school at New Hampton Prep. Oh. So we have that connection as far as playing at the same prep school at the time. And so that, that's how it, it all fell into place. And I just think things align the right way. And, you know, once I got here, these guys have been unbelievable with trying to help me adjust and being so understanding and, you know, trying to help me out to, you know, get acclimated and, and understand what, what, what goes on here. So that's how it all tied in. And I just thought that it was a, a hell of a situation. I couldn't turn it down. I just want to follow up on Brian Walsh because we haven't got to really talk about him much on the show. And mm -hmm. he's always been so friendly and, and welcoming to us when, when we've stopped in there. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what he was like as a player when you recruited him to Xavier and more importantly, what he's doing right now for the IU program? Well, he helps with our guys tremendously right now. I think Brian, he will be coaching at, you know, soon on as an assistant coach he needs to get out there because his knowledge of the game um and understanding is, is up there and you know he helps with underclass recruiting um he helps with you know the preparation of you know our guys getting meals and making sure you know that's taken care of as well um, but he's a great great people's person i love that about him um you know just going out of his way uh, to make sure that the staff and our guys, you know, have what they need. And, and you know, uh, when you have that and he can relate to, you know, anyone that he comes in contact with. I heard he was great on official visits uh, mm -hmm. with family members coming on 
and being able to, you know, you always have that one family member that you kind of eye in a little bit. The you uncle, know? the drunk <laughs> uncle. uncle. Yeah, <laughs> or, or the one parent you like, you got to watch him. You know, he, he's good at, at, at the relationship part with that and understanding when, you know, he needs to step in or, you know, carry him away. So I've heard very good stories, all positive, uh, you know, with him and now getting here. You know, he, he's helped me again, another guy that has gone out of his way to help me adjust and, and get situated here. Uh, this may be a little bit of an uncomfortable question to answer, but I'm curious about it. We love Bruiser. <laughs> we love Bruiser. Bru Bruiser is our guy. And Bruiser's an accomplished coach, head right. coach, lots of experience, good connections, knows AAU programs, been around. Snappy dresser. Snappy. I mean, I wouldn't give him credit on that. I, think he, I, I, I was think, just setting you up for that. No. His, his sock and suit game is weak, and he knows it, and he knows it. So, But look, there's no doubt that Bruiser's job, his role, was to try to get the out-of-state kids. You know, Tom mm -hmm. and Archie really had the in-state kids, and Bruiser, Bruiser was in on some in-state kids, too, like Rob Finnessy, yeah. uh, and I think Armand Franklin as well. Mm -hmm. But we, we had, you know, recruiting is a make or miss game. And we missed on a lot of the guys we went on the, uh, from out of state. Right. What, like, are you able to look at that and put your finger on why? Like, I mean, and again, it's, it's not about bruiser because I love bruiser and he has done it in other places. Mm -hmm. But when you look at that, does it ever give you pause to go, Hmm, bruiser's got all these connections. He's been doing it about as long as I have, maybe even a little longer. Um, mm -hmm. Why have they had trouble landing some of those those people? And did that ever give you pause to go, is there something else I don't know here? No, I, it doesn't because in recruiting, sometimes it is hit or miss, man. You, you know, you go out to the big fish and you don't get the big fish, then it's like, oh man, you gotta have, you know, you, you always wanna go out there, those best players in the country, the five stars. But I, I think in re recruiting, you know, sometimes you will get those that, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys in recruiting. I don't recruit in big numbers because if you recruit in big numbers, um, it's so much attention to detail that goes into each person that you recruit. I mean, you got to touch everyone in that circle. And we always talk about for me is building a fort around the recruit. So it may be five to six people on one recruit that you have to come into contact, sometimes even more. Um, to get the, the, the best, you know, to recruit them to the best of your ability. And so you think about that, you know, I, I try not to, in each class, recruit more than five guys in a class. And mm -hmm. it may be one or two guys that are those five-star guys, but, you know, the guys that are not the five-star guys, they better be good enough that, you know, if you miss on the five-star that, you know, you, you're able to get one of those you know, four-star guys that you're able to bring to the table. And sometimes, you know, getting that, that secondary guy is not good if he's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's better to miss on the five-star and don't get anyone than to get somebody who you'd stuck with for, mm. you know, they say for four years, right? But these mm -hmm. kids, they don't stay anyway, so they're out the door. <laughs> this, this new age group of kids, they, you know, it's instant gratification for me. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I think it's all about, you know, uh, when you as a as assistant coach, you got to feel you got to have a feel for one. Do they match with the head coach? You know what I'm saying? Do, are they going to mesh with the head coach, whether the head coach is going to push them hard or, you know, 
he needs he needs more coaching. You know what I'm saying? It, it cannot recruit. Uh, be compatible with the head coach. I think that has a lot to do with the guys that you bring to the table. And if, if that matches, um, you know, everything, you know, as far as the, the details, are they a hard worker? Are they doing things, you know, academically? How do they talk to their parents? You know, all of that goes into, you know, who who's the best guy. Sometimes it's better to get a less talented guy than to get their guy that's, you know, elite that doesn't listen to a lot of the stuff, whether it's his coaching, his parents and things like that. Those are red flags to me. You know, I want a good kid that, you know, are at a level where they can compete at this level. Um, so that, that, you know, it's a lot that goes into, you know, the guys that you look at. The organization of the recruiting, obviously you, you get a lead on a kid because of, of the geography, the relationships, you or Mike with the East Coast because you've spent so much time there. But does it ever come into play where all the coaches are getting a little FaceTime with the kid and say one of the assistants and the kid or the kid parents really click and mm-hmm. then that coach will take over just because there's a connection there? Or is it always like you found the kid, you brought him in, you're the lead on that, and then Archie comes in to close the job? We, we haven't had that scenario here yet, but it, I have had that before. Like, you know, even at UConn, like, you know, it, it was a time where, you know, Tom Moore was recruiting a kid uh, from New York City. Kamani Young knew several people connected to the kid. So, it doesn't make sense. Tom wants to recruit this kid, but Kamani has more ties to the kid. So, you know, let Kamani recruit him. And I think what happened uh, for UConn during this time, the reason we were able to get uh, the class that we got early before I left is because um, during this time, we did Zoom calls with our staff. We also rotated. It didn't matter who was the point person. We all as assistants, had an opportunity to talk to the kids because we didn't recruit a lot of kids. We had short numbers. We had, it was probably five guys on our list Mm, uh, to to recruit for the 21 class. And we got three out of the five, the three that we needed and that were top, but we all touched the recruits, each assistant. And I think that was a big part of us getting that class early before I left. So I feel good about it because I, I got a, I got a pretty good damn player for them. Yeah, uh, you did. Before I left. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, they he's going to do great there. Yeah. Selfishly speaking here, what is the most satisfying, gratifying recruitment that you personally have done and landed in your 18 plus years of doing it? Which mm-hmm. one is, do you look back on and like, when you got that commitment, you you really went crazy about it? You, you know what? Um, at, at each situation, at each school that I've been at, I think it was one of those. Damn, this is, this was a good one. And I think, you know, at Nebraska, uh, the one big one that I thought I got was Jordy Shimonga, uh, the big kid. End up leaving, mm-hmm. you know, after I left. But you know, we needed a big in the worst way, and for us to get him. At Nebraska, it, it was kind of a big damn thing, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but also, you know, the other kid that, you know, uh, at Nebraska that I got was Isaac Copeland, who I uh, recruited to Georgetown. Oh. And got him to go to Georgetown first, and then I left him. So for him to come back, you know, and give me a second chance at Nebraska, he was the first five-star kid that Nebraska has had there. 
Um, so those two really stick out in my head as far as, you know, getting really good, talented guys. But, you know, I would mention a couple guys that I got at Xavier. You guys probably wouldn't know, a Derek Brown, a Jason Love, um, Justin Cage. Uh, I know Justin Cage. We have some guys that, you know, I helped recruit. To Brian Walsh. Brian <laughs> Walsh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I've had good good guys, good recruits at, at pretty much each, each spot. I have something right on that one. Okay, go ahead. So you had a pivot there from Georgetown to Nebraska. We know you've had your eyes on some some kids, you know, who aren't showing up at colleges this year for future classes. How do you? How does that pivot go when you're saying come to UConn, come to UConn? Actually, you might want to think about coming to Indiana. How does that work? <laughs> Because because uh, clearly it's it's such a great school that it really should sell itself, but you you have to do your part. So so what's that conversation like? Um, it's it's uh, it's interesting, you know. Uh, but you you uh, you know when I took the job here, there there were a couple guys that I was recruiting at UConn um, that you know now I'm trying to recruit here to Indiana. So um, it does happen. And, you know, you, you always keep those relationships open. That's why I said, you know, you may miss on a guy that you really wanted. Um, I, I've done that several times. Andrew White, who I recruited to Georgetown, ended up going to Kansas. I got him to come out to Nebraska on a transfer. So I never leave the recruit as far as you, you never like, okay, you, you missed out, but you kind of keep your eye open on, on certain guys and you stay in those relationships, especially now. Um, with the climate of, of what's going on in college basketball where there can be a one-time transfer. And so with that being said, you know, you, you're never going to leave a situation. You always got to recruit the guys in your program first. Those are the, the, the most important guys, the guys that are in your program. You got to continue to make sure they understand what's going on and give them a lot of time and attention. If you don't, you know, they just think you're recruiting and the next guy's coming in. So um, you got to recruit your own guys first. But, yeah, those connections that you have from even guys that you've missed on are very important because you just never know. And uh, always leave that open. Uh, we all know that the game of recruiting can be real ugly. Yeah. <laughs> in your 18 years, don't give a name, but what is the craziest thing someone has asked for? Oh, There's got to be a crazy request. There's got to be where I you can't, can... I can't say the name. Can no, I? no, don't give me the name. Oh. Don't give me oh, the name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he certainly could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we would love it. Us. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to know the thing, like the craziest thing that somebody said, you got to you got to do this for us. Well, a mom, when I was at Georgetown, a mom, I was sitting in there and she was like, well... I hear all the good things about your Georgetown, but what are you going to do for me? <laughs> <laughs> like plain and simple. Like, what are you going to do for me? Uh, um, well, he gets Pell Grant. He gets your cost yeah, yeah. defenders, you know, like, what do you mean? What I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, you listen, uh, I don't want to uh, go into a lot of recruiting yeah. stories, but yeah, you, you, as you've, I've been in the business for a long time. I've probably seen it and heard a lot of uh, stories on, you know, what goes on. But, you know, I, I think, you know, a level, you know, 
what you have to establish is a level of respect, you know, right from the start um, and, and how you recruit, you know, you don't promise anything, you know, all you do is tell them that the opportunity that the kid has um, and, you know, hopefully you never want to put a kid in a situation where you can't see it clear that he's going to have that opportunity or they will be out the door, you know, on you. So I'm curious, Kenya, you know, obviously you've been in the college basketball world for a long time. You were in the big 10 for a while. You mm. know, the history of Indiana, at least at a big picture level, like you said, five yeah. national championships, all that. But we always think that the history of Indiana matters. Mm. Uh, does it to like, forget the in-state kids. Right. Does, does the history matter at all to a kid that you're recruiting from the DMV now? Do they even know who Bobby Knight was? No. Most of these kids, unless their parents um, are basketball junkies and understand, you know, you will get that with some of the parents understanding the history and tradition of winning, you know. But when it's, you know, 15 to 20 years down the line, you know, they don't know unless they are really very interested in your, your, your school and they do their own homework on right. it. And, and so you, you show them, you know, videos and films, these kids, you know, it, it's different. The, the recruiting is so different. They, they are rather see a video uh, of a splash. Like you got to have these splash videos for these kids to open up and really look at, you know, whether it's a text or, you know, um, you know, back in the day, you could write letters. It was handwritten letters to, to kids. Uh, I can remember a story, Sean Miller, um, you know, put uh, a McDonald's paper uh, napkin into uh, an envelope and, and you the next McDonald's All-American and, and sent it. It was actually That's the crazy. Al Harrington. It was oh, wow. But yeah, it was actually the Al Harrington when he was at uh, NC State. So, it, that's gone away from, you know, and then the new age kids, you know, I'm, a, I'm old school. So I like talking on the phone, like, <laughs> let's, let's converse, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but these kids, they want to text and, you know, reply from a like or a love and, you know, you don't know really get a feel for them. So I tell kids all the time, you know, even uh, in the 20, I'm not going to blow you up, but we got to at least, um, you know, make sure we're talking at least once or twice a week uh, just to continue to get to know each other. What we often do on this show, well, almost exclusively, is mm -hmm. we go back to the early days and then well, kind of... We can't go back to the early days yet. We got to ask them about practice. This ties in the past to the present. All right, go ahead. Is that acceptable? Yeah, as long as he doesn't bail on us in 10 minutes. <laughs> like that, then we're going to have a real problem. <laughs> I, they I think said can, you guys. <laughs> they told you we could talk. Yeah, I, I said, "How long is this?" Oh, it may be an hour and maybe two hours. I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about over here?" Look, aren't you having uh, fun? Though? Aren't you having <laughs> fun, Kenya? I mean, come oh on. man, I am having a good time. I am. Oh, yeah. right. It's either this or going to eat something that's going to get you an angioplasty with Mike Roberts. So, yeah, come on. they actually ordered my. my uh, we, feel free to eat while you do this. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah, don't let it get cold. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. That's what Mike. All right. So, Ward, take it back. <laughs> Ward, take me back. Early in your career, mm -hmm. uh, you you were working with Archie and Sean's father, yeah. as a he was coaching. That's when you got to know Archie. Sean might have been off into the world at that point, but I'm sort of wondering, you you have gotten to work alongside now all three Millers 
as coaches. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wanted to hear some specifics about how they're the same and how they're different in their approach to the game of basketball and even their personalities. If there's, there's some fun insight there too. Yeah. Well, first, um, Sean and, and Arch, um, and especially from his dad, man, uh, they really know the game of basketball. That, that's first and foremost. And I think it shows how um, hard their father, John Miller, pushed them at a very early age. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, Sean Miller was on the Johnny Carson show back in the day, dribbling balls. Dribbling the ball. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that all came from um, their dad. And I think where both of those, both Arch and Sean excel is the player development. And two things, one, they played at the highest level, I would say, both of them. Sean at Pitt, Arch at NC State. Arch was known as the shooter. Sean was running the team. Um, but both have that point guard mentality where they see a lot of things before it even happens. And I, I think they're both or all three cut from the same cloth when it comes to developing your players, uh, understanding of the game, and then game preparation. Um, the attention to detail that goes into each drill uh, to how we're doing it. Uh, they have a method to the madness. And I think all three, you know, um, you know, the intensity that they bring to the game as well. I mean, they're competitive guys, very highly competitive guys. And, and it all stems from their dad. Um, but I do have to, Arch is going to be mad at me from telling the story. Um, so when I was coaching in the summertime um, with, with his dad, you know, um, Arch was playing and we had a, a pretty good team uh, with Arch. Um, and so one time Arch didn't do what his dad told him to do. And, you know, Arch was looking at his dad, you know, getting, you know, sucking his teeth and all that. And his dad said, Arch, come over here. <laughs> so Arch comes running over there. And, and then all of a sudden his dad steps on his foot. Arch looks down and all you saw was pow, whacked him. <laughs> in his face real quick. You can't just it. like, it shocked the hell out of me. It shocked the hell out of me. I'm like, what just happened? Did I just witness that? So so I'm giving you guys something that I've 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 held in for a very that long time. That is sensational. It was, it was it was one of the funniest things. Arch will remember that to his to this day. I mean I couldn't believe his dad did that. Uh, but you can tell the intensity, it all stems from his dad, who was a hell of a high school coach yeah. uh, and is still coaching. He's coaching girls, I think, right now. Uh, but I, I just think the knowledge and, and I think it all comes from playing at a high level and having the understanding like the push pull, like when to push and, and, and really get the most out of a player and when to put their arm around a guy and know because uh, they've been in that situation before and they both play for coaches that, you know, very good coaches uh, and push them to the max. And sometimes you got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable and they know how to do that in a very good way. Well, there's no doubt you get a little uncomfortable when your dad steps on your foot and rocks you right in the face. Uh, that makes uh, you uh, 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 yeah. 
Kenya, let's talk about you for a second because you also played at, at the highest of levels. You played for four years. Um, point guard also. Point guard, yes. Right, point guard. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. take us back to your childhood growing up in Arlington. When did you find the game of basketball? And did you have some basketball role models as a, as a kid? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, one of uh, my um, childhood coaches, uh, actually, Alec Booknight, actually took me to a camp, first camp I've ever gone to. I think I was 12. Uh, he took me to Campbell University. This, this is going to blow your mind now. He took me to Campbell University camp. I was 12 years old. And guess who's at the camp doing ball handling drills? Sean Miller. Sean Miller and John Miller. That was like <laughs> kind of deal. This is crazy now. Wow. And, and they had Carolina players working in the camp. I think one of them was like Curtis Hunter, I remember uh, correctly. But that was like the first camp that I went to. And I just saw, you know, a different side of the game. Uh, and, and so um, that kind of struck my love for it. I was actually a better football player than I was basketball. Hmm. And I played football all the way up until my senior year. I had more college uh, offers for football than I did for basketball. Wow. But I, you know, I never played basketball year round. The first time I played basketball year round is when I went to prep school uh, at New Hampton Prep. And so they even asked me to play football uh, at prep school. And I was like, hell no, it's up in New England. It's cold as shit. <laughs> up there but, you know, <laughs> on, on my team I had so on, on that team was Lawrence Moten who played his oh, yeah he could play Conzo Martin oh uh, who, wow. hate him. we yeah. hate him we Sorry hate him and you that. hate him we know, know you hate him no, no, yeah. Yeah. but uh, so those were those were my teammates when I played up at prep school so that's the first time that I kind of played year round and Lawrence Moten was my roommate and we used to play one-on-one -on -one pretty much every day of the preseason. He actually helped me get better. Uh, he helped me with my shot. Um, and so once I, I finished at New Hampton, you know, uh, that's when I got the offer at uh, Duquesne University. And John Curl was my coach at Duquesne University. And, you know, uh, first two years were really good. And then the last two years, Coach Curl got fired. We had, you know, different assistant coaches. Um, and the recruiting went down. Uh, I'm not going to blame it on my game. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, was, it didn't go well. I actually, my, I just showed my son a clip uh, back in 1992 where uh, it was, we were playing Florida State. They were ranked number nine in the country. Uh, Bobby Fair, Sam yeah. Cassell, Rodney Dover. Charlie Ward actually was still in football. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. saying that I had to go against Sam Cassell, though, but they were up by 18 and we came back. It was at our place. I don't know how they got Florida State to come to the Palumbo Center, um, but uh, we came back from 18 down and ended up beating number nine Florida State at the time. Wow. How'd you do in that game? game? I, did, I had a pretty good game. I had a couple of drives and one one flip up. I don't know how I made it with my left hand. And my son was like, that was a lucky shot. <laughs> but it went in. So that's no, all it's never lucky. It's never day. lucky if it goes in. No, no, no. So um, you, you you learned at, 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 at the collegiate level as a player how brutal the coaching profession could be when you saw your coach yes. have to hit the road halfway through your career. And, and then getting the coach 
that in your last year of college that, you know, you're like, oh my God, how quick can I get out of here? Right. And, and so that, that can happen, but um, you know, it all worked out at the end. I think, you know, Sean Miller was the one like, you know, once I finished my senior year, he kind of talked me in going the graduate school route uh, at NC State um, and, you know, or going, I was going thinking about going overseas and playing and, you know, I, I was looking more long-term and it afforded me to get, you know, a graduate degree that, you know, uh, still to this day, you know, like it, it's, it's a proud accomplishment and it, it, it makes my kids look at like, you know, striving to do better, um, you know, as far as academically. Um, but they didn't get their smarts from me. They got it from their mind. <laughs> Where you were, you, you're smart enough to say that publicly. Yeah, exactly. Where did you meet your as well? Where did you meet your wife? Uh, crazy. I was at Duquesne University at the time, and normally you don't meet your future wife on, on uh, going out to a, a club, you know, <laughs> a hangout spot. Um, but we kind of connected uh, in a sense, um, you know, um, off of one dance, and we had similar things in common. And so um, after that, after that one dance, we talked the rest of the night and we stayed in contact and, you know, the, the rest is history. You know? There you go. But, you know, she's, uh, my wife has done well for herself. Like, you know, she's, she's still is a pharmacist. Mm. Uh, she's worked at, you know, mail order pharmacy and as well as uh, a CVS, as, you know, so she's, 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 uh, She's got it done. She's been fortunate though. She's put a lot of pressure on me because she's not working right now. So, well, by the way, you saying that your wife's a pharmacist, just get ready for some emails from Ward. Ward likes getting into the pharmacological. <laughs> we're, we're fine here in California. I don't need anything from Indiana. <laughs> discount. Um, <laughs> well, well, I did want to ask this about the move to to NC State though, and the strategy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, your your wife's now playing into these thoughts. Is mm-hmm. is are you already thinking, well, yes, this is my move towards coaching and coaching's where I want to be going. Had you already decided that as you were leaving Duquesne, even when you were thinking about playing some overseas? Yeah, no, that was in my thought. So once I finished graduate school, like even after my first year of graduate school, I was still thinking about still playing because I, I was still very active. Arch would tell you to this day, I didn't start, stop playing uh, like one-on-one with the guys until I got to Georgetown because I told my labor and I had to have a hip replacement the first year after I was at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So I I used to love to get on the floor and play one-on-one with the guys. Even Arch would tell you uh, some guys left her upset because, <laughs> because uh, you know, I, 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 I gave them hell, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's sweat equity. I love that. And in, in the development, I think that's another reason why Arch, you know, wanted me to come here is because, you know, just me getting out on the court still to this day, you know, I'm not moving as fast as I used to, but I still like to get out there with the guys and, and develop that sweat equity where you build that trust with your players. Uh, and so that's that's a huge thing, you know, for me. Um, and Arch still gets out there, you know, and, and demonstrates and goes through the drills. And uh, he has a great way about himself, man. And, um, you know, it, it's good. It's been good. Uh, I want to ask, you mentioned Alec, Alex Booknight or Alec Booknight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex is, that, 
yeah, related yeah. No. to James Book Knight? No, 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 oh, no, okay, relation, okay. no, no relation at all. Because that was a guard. Did you get him at Connecticut? No, I did not. That okay. was Kamani Young. He had oh. a very good connection. Yeah, yeah he, beat us. Gaffney, he beat us. Yeah, with PSA, his guy Munch. Uh, um, he has a very, very good connection. And that's what this business is about. It's like, you know, building those networks and those connections with AAU coaches and high school coaches. And to, to be quite honest, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, I would, you know, cold call and try to spin my wheels and try to figure the thing out. But uh, you and I both know you, you, you got to have um, someone that's going to help you bring that player to the table. You got to have a solid person that you know you can connect with and have confidence in that's going to at least shoot you straight about what's going on in the recruitment. So if you can't find uh, that person, that glue person that's going to help uh, you bring that recruit, then you, you're going to be spinning your wheels and it's, it's promises that you won't be able to deliver. You know? I've talked to some other assistant coaches who have a interesting perspective i'm not saying this is everyone's but they would tell me that like their job as an assistant coach i think almost all of them have told me their number one job is in recruiting like mm -hmm. their job is to to go get guys right and then when i would ask them about like wins and losses they were like look it sucks to lose and it's great to win but the wins and losses are on the head coach <laughs> like that's who owns wins and losses my job is to get them players to help yeah. him get wins and losses. And of course you give a scout and you have to develop, mm -hmm. but I am wondering one, is that a philosophy that you understand and do you kind of agree with? And two, it, what's more gratifying recruiting a kid for two years, three years and getting him to say yes, or a beating Florida state, you know, on the road when, when you shouldn't, oh. what is that? Well, I'm all about the wins, man. And, and, when when we win, our team win. When we lose, our, our our team loses. I don't put that. My responsibility as an assistant is to help as much as possible the head coach. Yes, at the end of the day, the record goes on the head coach. Um, but losing sucks. Uh, I don't know who yeah. who likes to lose, and uh, uh, the competitiveness in me uh, won't allow that. You know, uh, and I'm gonna do everything and exhaust all the energy that I have to try to help help our team, help a coach, you know, that winning, winning is, I've been a, a part of winning programs and uh, it's very gratifying. And, you know, when you win, everyone gets what they want. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I heard here, like when you win, there's a lot of stuff that opens up here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, By the way, believe you, me, a big part of it is winning. So, if you win uh, in yeah. Bloomington, Within three yeah. months, they'll build a restaurant called Kenya's Low Sodium Fast Food Points. That's what will happen in Bloomington. Um, let's take a quick detour because we love to get you to know you guys as people beyond just basketball. So mm. when you're not playing, when you're not watching film and recruiting, and by the way, it is daunting to realize that when you're talking about recruiting five or six kids in a class and recruiting five or six people around those five kids, mm. you're really talking about 30 kids, like 30 people that you have to manage. That is mm -hmm. difficult and also worry about the team that you have mm -hmm. now. But um, when you're not focused on basketball, what do you do for fun? What's a, are you a TV guy, a movie guy, a book guy? What is it? Uh, I actually, um, I just like to watch TV, uh, some movies. First, spend time with my family. 
sure. you know, whatever they into. But I just like to sit there and, and you know, during this COVID, man, I've been watched a lot of, <laughs> I, I've watched a lot of Netflix. So yeah, what do you like? Uh, well, I knew you was going to catch Of course, we, we did it to Archie. Archie told us some. He was he was all about narcos, which I, narcos I concur. Narcos was, was a good one. Um, what was the one where uh, at the end, you, uh, the guy was uh, he ended up the wife and the husband. They had the two kids. Uh, they ended up moving to uh, where was it? Oh, Ozark. 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 So good. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ozarks. That's that. That's the one that uh, that really. Uh, I, I really love it. Oh, season four, and I'm just waiting for it to come back. Yes. Uh, look, oh, I so. found out thanks to our great informed friends on the Pigs message board that Ruth from Ozark, who just won an Emmy, yeah. graduated from Indiana University. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's, she's one of us. She's, she's one of us, Kenya. Uh, Ruth, <laughs> Ruth was really good, man. She wasn't messing around either. Uh, do you have a favorite movie of all time? Like when you were a kid, anything? Like, is there a movie that... Just say Hoosiers. Just say Hoosiers. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy Chipwood. Jimmy Chipwood. Oh, nice. I'm actually, I'm actually recruiting a kid that I actually mentioned that too because he shoots the cover off the ball. And yes, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Kenya. yeah. So I actually Kenya. brought that up to the kid. I said, You're going to be like Jimmy Chipwood shooting the Hoosiers. Oh, my. You just gave us like catnip. Like that. I mean, <laughs> We don't know what that means, a guy that can shoot the cover off the ball in Indiana anymore. Yeah, well, I don't yeah, know what yeah. that means. We got to get this kid, too. But, yeah, no, he, he's he's a, a very good shooter. He's All right. Well, look, I don't want to get you into trouble, so we won't say anything uh, more than that. But, but but do you have a second favorite movie behind you? You know what? I used to, My wife actually bought me, back in the day, the DVDs, Bad Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great movies. Did you see the most recent one? I did. I did. You know. Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. Uh, you're an original. You like the original. Yeah, the originals are really good. Although, you know what's funny is I found this out about Archie. Archie is like hardcore Bad Boys fan, but swears by Bad Boys 2. He's like, that's the answer. Bad Boys 2 <laughs> is the best movie. It may have been. I, I, it, it was really good. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it, it was All right. So let's get back to, to a little bit of basketball. So I mean, you've had just your your career has been amazing, uh, really amazing stops, and really everywhere you have gone, you have won more than they won before, and that's that that obviously is a credit to the head coaches at the time and the staffs, but obviously your work as well. Mm-hmm. You have a pretty good experiential base of knowing when you walk into a situation, does this team have it, or we got a lot of work to do? Yeah, you walked into Bloomington a few months ago. We got a lot of guys coming back, and we got a handful of new guys. Right. What was your first take when you saw them work out? Um, actually, my, my first week here, um, you know, they had a couple workouts, uh, and then um, they were like in the, the phase of you know more guys coming in voluntarily to work out, and in that first week, um, they even mentioned it, but all the guys came in to shoot, get shots, and work out. That's a great sign, first and foremost, when you're not, you know, it's not demanded that you come into the gym and you still come in and every single guy was in here working out and getting shots and wanted to do more. Um, 
obviously from playing them last year and having several guys uh, back this year, you know, um, they, they have good talent here. You know, Trace and Joy being older kind of solidifies your front court. Uh, and then Rob Fennessy playing a lot of minutes with Al Durham, you know, two guys that played a lot of minutes. Um, Jerome Hunter kind of came on late. Um, he actually played in our game when we played him as well and had a couple good plays in that game. Uh, and then you add in, you know, the group of freshmen um, with Christian Landers, Trey Galloway, and Anthony Leal. And I, the thing that I'm impressed is that they stay in the gym. You know, um, Anthony Lill, you, sometimes you got to kick him out of the gym. I like um, that. Yeah. But, you know, guys that, and you look at their body types, they don't look like, you know, like freshmen. Like they, they Anthony Lill bench pressed 185 20 times. And that's kind of like, you know, for a freshman, get the yeah. hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I just think they, they have young guys that, you know, can, you know, fall in the line uh, of some of the older guys leading the way, um, which, you know, we picked captains today. Um, Ooh, can you tell you us pick? who they are? No, uh, can I tell you who they are? Why don't you do this? Why don't you say it? And then we'll ask Archie and JD. And if they say, don't say it, then we won't put it out. Yeah, no, you, you do that. So one is um, uh, Joe, Joey Brunk. Um, the other one is Al, the two seniors. And then Race Thompson has had a hell of a preseason. Wow. And, and then Rob Fennessy. Those are four. Wow, that's great. Both guys right. who had, uh, I think, have done very well for the summer and, you know, for, for the fall coming in and leading by example more than anything, uh, just being in the gym and doing more uh, and showing. And th those votes came from the, the players, not even coaches. That's and great. So those those uh, players voted them as captains. So we we did get a quote from you that you said both you and Archie had learned from Herb Sendek that to make a deep run in March, you mm. need three future pros. Mm. Mm. How do, you many future do you regret saying <laughs> that? Do you regret <laughs> saying that publicly? Um, <laughs> How how many future pros doing, you doing impossible doing impossible? Okay, <laughs> Not, that, that's that. I think that's the way we felt before doing we asked the question. Doing impossible. I mean, yeah, I, you know, or, or you have to have uh, a team that's so together and play for one another uh, that that's going to give you wins just because of one the togetherness and defensively you know, being able to stop teams. Like if we are a very good defensive team, you can win games. I've seen it done at Nebraska my first year there uh, when we started out on four in the Big Ten and, and then winning like eight in a row uh, and, and switching it on and then getting to the NCAA tournament in the first year that we were there. And we wasn't a good offensive team. We defended our asses off. And you, when you got a, a, a team that's connected defensively and, and, you know, know what they're doing, communicating out there and know the game plan, um, I, I think you, you give yourself a chance to win the game. And for us, you know, Arch is, you know, we can't turn the ball over. That's the biggest thing. And, you know, early on, you know, that's going to be key just because you're not going to have warm ups. Um, you know, going into the season, it's, it's on right from November 25th 
you got to be ready to play. And the biggest thing that can hurt you is, you know, not taking care of the ball. Um, rebounding is another. And, and then, like I said, defending. You know, we'll get different guys scoring. I think, you know, Trace, you know, has already proven as a freshman that he could be a go-to guy. I think Joy is a guy that understands how to play, that can get you some buckets inside, and just knowing how to play in schemes uh, will be able to get other people's shots as well because of setting good screens and getting our guards to be able to get downhill. Um, and so, and then Al Durham, Al and Rob got to be two older veteran guards and play like it, you know, as a senior and a junior. Um, your role increases, are you ready to go? And I, I think they they put the work in so far to put themselves in position uh, to be those 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 guys. And then you look at a Christian Landers who's young, who's, who's gonna, you know, have his bumps in the road early, but you think that's a guy that at the end of the day, um, his talent will, will soon catch up to, you know, uh, everything that he's made the mistakes early in practice, he's gonna get better. Yeah, so I, I really believe we, we got a good makeup of a team that could, you know, win and, and do some things um, in the tournament. Have you seen Trace Jackson Davis make a shot with his right hand? I have. I, I mean, Mike, Mike Roberts is actually, I mean, that's, that's the stuff that's like our, our uh, we call it our vitamins. You know, our vitamins are, you know, you do a little routine at the beginning before uh, it's like a pre-practice. And, you know, those are the things we're working on. You know, will he use, he's always going to go to his go-to and that's his left. But I, I think he scored the other day, you know, with his right hand off of a post move, uh, rip to the middle. So I, I think he's getting more confident in it and he's putting in the time also to, you know, off of ball screens to make that short roll 15 to 17 foot shot, you know. Um, he has to be able to make that and make the right reads off of that for our team to be successful. One of the players that I think is most intriguing, you know, everybody, I've told this story before, but I used to work at World Wrestling Entertainment for Vince McMahon, the crazy man who runs wrestling. Yeah. And he, he used to uh, say when he would get rid of an old wrestler and bring in like a new one, but the mm -hmm. new one wasn't very good and everybody knew he wasn't very good. Right. He would somebody would say something to Vince. Vince, do you really want to bring in that guy? I mean, he's not any better. And Vince would say, "New shit is better than old shit." <laughs> so everybody yeah, yeah. gets excited about the new players, no matter what yeah, they yeah, are. We, we always get excited. We'll, we'll make we'll make it out to be that like a walk on is going to become a collegiate all American. <laughs> but Jordan Geronimo is a guy who came on the recruitment scene very late mm -hmm. and very quick. And by the way, that was a bruiser uh, Flint recruitment. Yeah, and, and I apologize. I left him out as a freshman. No, no, but, sure. Look, yeah. you got a lot on your mind. But, yeah, yeah. you know, he's tantalizing to us as a fan base because mm -hmm. uh, the last guy that we had that looked like him from a mm -hmm. body perspective, I would say was OG Ananobi. Yeah. That yeah. came in with a with a body ready. Mm -hmm. and, and we haven't gotten many of those guys at Indiana, truthfully, over the years. I mean, we just talked last week to a guy who had it, Andre Patterson, yeah. you know, 25 yeah. years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what have you seen in, in Jordan that, that, that pleases you and that gives you hope for, for what he can become? Well, athletically, uh, I think you, you guys know, uh, athletically, he definitely uh, could play at this level. Uh, I think, you know, basketball-wise, it, it's going to take time, but he's a willing learner. You know what I'm saying? He's very willing learner. And to be quite honest, 
uh, he's getting a lot of reps, you know, right now. Um, you know, when, when guys are out, you know, he's getting more reps, you know. So I think for him, um, he's coming in extra, watching film. Uh, he's getting extra shots. Um, but once his, his knowledge of the game catches up uh, to athletically his body and the way he moves, like he's made some plays that you're like, holy shit, like he's going to have a chance, you know. Mm, wow. and I, th I think he will. Uh, as long as he's, you know, continues the, the track of, you know, embracing the new material that he's learning every day as far as, and that's what all freshmen, sure, terminology, sure. understanding, you know, um, ball screen coverages, like from everything, you know, it can get overwhelming and your head is spinning in circles. And I, I think it's for all of our freshmen at, at different levels. Uh, but I, I think everyone sees uh, that he's, athletically gifted and I just think that that's eventually going to catch up to where once it's understanding like today even in practice it's kind of surprising I mean he set a ball screen pop and without any hesitation he's one two step into the three knocks it down like mm -hmm. so you, you you know that you know if the kid continues to work and and stay uh you know just trying to embrace everything that we're we're teaching them uh, I think he he has a chance to be really special, and he kind of in that similar as OG, you know, right? Because uh, he's so gifted, his leg strength, and you know he moves uh, quickly. He's a guy that you could probably switch, you know, one through four with um, because he moves his feet laterally so well. There was some news that I think broke today about mm -hmm. the NCAA has basically said every player playing this year is granted a red shirt, basically. I don't know how else to say it, but they're yeah. given an extra year of eligibility. Yeah. Are, how do you, does that matter to you? Do, you? do you think that's going to affect things? Do you look at a kid that's a freshman who you may have red shirted and go, well, now we don't even need to because we right. can just play them all because we're going to yeah. get an extra year on the back end. What's your take on that news? Well, first and foremost, you, you're going to need every person. Because, you know, uh, mm. as far as the guidelines, as far as if a kid comes up with the COVID, you don't know how many guys, <laughs> like, you're going to lose at one time. You see it with college football. Um, you know, uh, guys are out. You know, they're canceling games. Um, you know, uh, the travel, you know, someone, like, at any time. And that's what Arch is saying. And, like, the reps mean a lot because a guy could go out and when you – get the COVID in the Big Ten, you out for like 21 days. Oh, is that what it is? 21 days? So that could be six games. It, it could be six games. Almost. Wow. So, so that's why, you know, uh, the importance of everyone, you know, I think that's why they're putting it in place where everyone can, it's like a do-over, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen throughout this, this, this season because of the COVID and you know, it could wipe two to three guys out and they miss half of the season uh, with the quarantining or, you know, uh, isolation. So um, it, it's tough, man. This is a, a tough time. Um, but, you know, hey, you, we just got to continue to move forward. And it really is like the next man up and, and be ready. But you're going to need all your guys. I don't um, think it's going to be any red shirt. If you need to, 
you know. <laughs> eight years of eligibility talking to you right now. No, 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 now 10, 10 years. Ten, they put us in this year, we'll get an extra one. I mean, we'll be, we'll be tackling dummies. Let, let me circle back to the guys who can actually play basketball coming into the program because we got a little tidbit on each except for Trey Galloway. And we've been hearing rumors that Trey is really turning some heads there yes. now that you guys are getting going. What, what's up with Trey? How's, how's he surprising some people who even knew how good he was coming in? Uh, he doesn't look like a freshman, I, I can tell you. And it, it starts out with, you know, uh, our strength and conditioning coach, Cliff Marshall. Like, I think he's elite. Uh, I've said that many of times. Uh, I give him a lot of credit because he has a method to what he's doing. Those guys buy in and their bodies, like they didn't come in with, you know, with like normally you get a freshman, you got to gain weight, a lot of weight. And I think for them, for Trey, you know, he has such a strong body. Um, he's able to get downhill on drives a lot. Um, and he competes his ass off. And yes. I think that's why, you know, um, you know, he's turning some heads right now. Like that guy's going to be able to play because, you know, he plays so hard and he competes. You normally don't get that at, in a normal freshman, you know. So I think that's why guys are excited about him right now. He looks thick. Yes. Like not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Like, I mean, I mean, not thick. Like you know, like I've been my entire life. He yeah. looks thick, like scary thick. So, yeah, I, I saw you know one clip, you know, from a couple of weeks ago, but just a, a baseline rip, and he was at the rim, two hands, and just, I mean, wow, he's, he's athletic. He's uh, he's athletic. So is Race Thompson going to hit some threes? He's been working. I, I tell you that and I know, you know, uh, race, I, I think, you know, he, he, he has a little chip on his shoulder because I think, you know, people, what people perceive of him from last year, um, you know, not being able to make that shot, you know, he's, he's dependable. I know in, in Archer's eyes. Um, but I think, you know, what he's done as far as the summer and, you know, um, putting himself in position where he's taking a lot of shots from the three, you know, and the thing is, is like, you can't let it get to his head when he misses one or two, you got to, you know, it's the repetition that's going to give you the confidence knowing that you're capable of making a shot. And you and I both know confidence is, is, is everything. Um, and you just got to, in your mind, you know, when you miss one or two, you got to know you're going to make the next one. And, and I think that's going to be huge for a race is to not let it get to his mind. If he missed one, one or two, uh, he's going to be ready to step in and make the next one. Is everybody in good health at this point? Is I, I know there's HIPAA laws and you can't get into much. Timmy G would, Timmy G would kill me if I. <laughs> I don't want to get on Timmy G's bad side, but fair enough. You know, everyone is present right now. So, um, but as far as you know, especially when you start going live five on five, you know the one thing that we've missed is kind of like the preseason, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, you got to be very cautious of how hard you do go and for how long you go um, because guys' bodies will break down. So I, I think Arch having a, a good feel uh, with uh, Timmy G uh, and Cliff just making sure that we're, we're doing things the right way 
uh, and not doing too much early on. And it's a buildup into getting into some condition that they can play five on five for long periods of time. But, you know, this is day two as far as for practice. Uh, so we're, we're far off from where we need to be. But, you know, uh, we've done some things where we feel pretty good about where we are. Settle a bet for us. Ward and I have a bunch of friends in New York that we affectionately refer to as the goons. They are the New York goons. Uh, they're a bunch of good guys. We were having a conversation the other day where Ward threw out the prediction that Al Durham would shoot 40% from the three-point line. I defended him. The rest Thank of the you. goons said we were crazy. Are we crazy to think Al Durham could shoot 40% this year? I, I will bet Al will shoot. I will bet whatever you want to bet. He's going to shoot 40%. Yes. 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 Take that, Boom. goons. <laughs> um, and the only reason I'll say that is because this kid, again, he's a kid that's been in the gym every single day. There's no days off. Uh -huh. Whether we practice and working out, he's shooting before and after practice. So um, I just feel confident in that kid. He's going to have a, a breakout year. And we need him, too. And I think he's put the work in to put himself in that position to be able to shoot. Uh, 40%. Along the lines of, of being able to shoot, um, I think through injury and personnel, we're, we're still waiting to really see what Archie's offense looks like full mm -hmm. tilt. And right. now with a great guard coming in, Rob mm -hmm. healthy, let's, you know, knock on wood that remains and Al and, and with just the configuration of the team this year, can you kind of give us a sneak preview of when it's running at, at at top speed, optimum um, calibration of all the different components. What, what's what's that gonna What's it gonna look like? We he just was, haven't. Ward is trying to lose me right now, isn't he? Uh, he was really <laughs> searching for some multi-syllabic <laughs> words there. He got caught. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit all this it's out because Eric <laughs> just likes to drop multi-syllabic whenever to get he the can. Nuances of everything that's going on, right? <laughs> yeah, we got a lot going on. There's a lot going on up here, guys. It's all right. What's you know the what? offense going to look like? What no, are we gonna, so yeah, there we go. I, I, I think I think Archer's finally gotten to the point where he's going to have three guards out there, and I think yeah. he feels comfortable with playing with three guards. You know, his best teams at Dayton were three guards, and you know, kind of mobile bigs. They're able to you know dribble, pass, shoot, uh, but take advantage of their 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 th uh, inside position as well. And I think he feels good with the guards that we have that can you know play off of ball screens. Uh, play off of throwing goes, you know, and be able to read, you know, coming off of there. And I, I think we're putting our guys in positions to be successful. Like there's different options for different guys, you know, whether they're good at coming off ball screens and making a read or they're not where they have to throw it and go get it. So I, I think the understanding of where your strengths are and how do you play, um, Archie's doing a hell of a job of putting these guys in position. But I think, him playing with three guards that can, you know, uh, take care of the ball, make good decisions, and put our big guys in position as well to um, be able to make uh, pocket pass reads and be able to read off of that is going to be huge and key for this team's success. One thing that we love is a guy that the other team hates playing against, mm -hmm. like just annoying, he's an asshole on the court, but he's our asshole. And we have not had that. And truthfully, it's a thing that Archie is. Like, Archie was that as a player. I mean, he is. A That's pest. 
right? Uh, yeah, past, a past. Yeah, like, you just... Yeah, yeah. Get off me. Get off right. me. Right, right, right. Do, I thought coming in that Trey Galloway could be that, like, that, yeah. that he had that mentality. Is that fair to say about him? I, I think he could. He could. You know, I, I think, you know, um, I think the other person that can wear you down, and I've seen it, you know, up close and personal, is, is Joey Brunk. You know, if he continues to run the floor hard, get position at the end of the game, um, you know, wear you down. He wore Josh Colton down at the end of the game and scores from crucial baskets inside. And I think by him and and Trey, uh, Trace playing buddy ball a little bit in there, um, they can wear you down. And, and, yeah, Trey Galloway has that. And I think defensively, um, they, they really – uh, have a high regard for Rob Fennessy playing the best opponent's uh, guard, yeah. uh, defending. He he's uh, he's helping Christian Lander out because he's making him feel like what it's going to feel when he gets into uh, the Big Ten games. You know, mm, that's so good. Uh, Rob How's is helping Christian, Christian responding to that. You you know he's a freshman. You right. know, but it, it's going to take time. But I, I think Rob is really he's preparing him, and I think that's why. You know, as far as the overall team, that's going to help Christian be in a better position and understand what, what's going to happen. And, you know, it's overall going to help our team because we're going to need Christian Lander uh, to be at his best. And it may not be early. I've seen it for freshmen, you know, James Booknight at UConn and, and uh, Jalen Gaffney were horrible, horrible, horrific <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Um, but at the end of the season, um, going through those games and, and getting battle tested and learning from mistakes. And, and if they stick with it, uh, he's, if Christian sticks with it, he's going to have a chance to excel at a high level. And that, that's what we're banking on. Well, um, before we get close to wrapping it up here, because I know you got oh. food. Close, <laughs> close, real close, real close. I just got to ask, I got to ask. What's my your, wife is going to be saying, well, where are you at? I I know, we're going to let you go. This is my last question. <laughs> What's your suit game like? What are we talking about looking at you on the sidelines? What are we doing? Are we getting some custom suits made in Bloomington? Like, what's oh, happening? You know, the suit game is going to be – is is not going to be a suit game this year from when I – hopefully. Oh, hopefully we, we we do what the ACC is doing. You're going to do warm-ups and stuff? Oh, the polo shirt and just slacks, you know. Oh, just a, a all right. Polo. And sneakers? That, yeah, that would be great. How you know, much I, would you I love can use that? A, use a break for this uh, suit game for a year. Yeah, and, but I kind of wanted to have you in a nice suit and send it to Bruiser and say this is how it's done. <laughs> That's kind of what I wanted. I got I got some good stuff up my sleeve. You know? All right. Well, listen, Kenya, you you uh you're gonna do very well here in Indiana. You're a straight shooter. No <laughs> bullshit. Um. Every, like I said, we've talked to a lot of people behind the scenes too to ask, "What are we getting here?" Right, and right. you are well respected amongst your peers, and obviously you were high on the list at the top of the list for Archie, and we have mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of respect for him and what he's trying to do at Indiana. We love you already, and and we wanted, you know, we we got your back, and and we good. love that, and good. also we're going to tell people that you're our friend now. I hope you're okay with that. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Great with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. And and the best news is 
normally we'd be coming back two or three times during the, the year and want you to hang out with us and go to Nick's with us. No. You, you, you've paid all your dues here today. You don't really have to deal with this for the rest of the season. I'm going to want to come back, especially if we, we're winning. When we're winning, yeah. I'm definitely going to want to come back. Yeah, if we're losing, don't pick up the phone. <laughs> no, I won't, believe me. Out of here. No, I, I, feel good. I feel good about it. Yeah, we're all shits and giggles right now. We lose 12 out of 13 again, Kenya. It's a different story. No, no, no. we can't. No, we can't. Come save me. Come save me, Eric. All right, there you go. Well, listen, Kenya, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a long day for you after practice. Thank your wife for us as well. And, 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 you know, it was all our fault. Yeah, and we hope you love Indiana as much as as we do and you you fall in love with it. And we hope it's a long-term home for you because we're really excited about what you can bring to the table. And uh, we hope to grow old watching you win games with Archie and staff on the sidelines there. Thank you, Eric and Water. I appreciate you, man. I'm in. I'm sold. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sold. Especially when he started cursing. Yeah. Right? Then you knew it was rolling. That's when you know. One time he caught himself, he was going to drop an F-bomb. Did you hear that? <laughs> uh-uh. He, was, he said, like, he was talking about Ostrom. He's like, he was about to say that Herb Sendek said, that guy can fucking recruit. And he goes, he goes, that guy can, f- he work, he recruits his ass off. <laughs> he made a, he made a real-time cursing decision. All, all he needs to do is watch a couple of the last uh, reasonable rabbies where you're dropping F-bombs left and right like it was going out of style. Have I gone a little too crazy? You've really, yeah, you've really gone F crazy lately. I enjoy it. Ooh, I didn't <laughs> realize that. I'll have to watch that. Look, I, I really like him. I mean, he's got a warm personality. He seems like a no bullshit guy. I can understand why Archie gravitates towards him. He seems like, and he's got that like inner fire to him. Like, I love that. But there just seems to be a a calm demeanor coming from Kenya that especially if the coach head coach is out there screaming at a player because he knows that's what the player needs at that moment, that you kind of got to calm in the storm there with Kenya, a guy who just doesn't seem to, you know, he didn't get rattled by too many of our asinine questions or ideas. Uh, He would just kind of laugh and take it in stride and keep going. And I think anybody who, who brings a certain, degree of tranquility to the Indiana basketball program is going to be an asset because when the program is surrounded by people like us, it's good to have a a calm in the eye of the storm for sure. I also like, I mean, I know he didn't come out and say it, but it's clear why he left UConn. I mean, like he, you know, he, all the things that he said he liked about what Archie brought, he didn't have at UConn. And I didn't I, get that. To me, it was the way he laughed when you... When I said he's a crazy person? Yeah, when you when you set that up, you and I don't know if, if that can be heard or seen, but that, to me, was the acknowledgement of what he was escaping. Maybe, but I, I think when he talked about what he found in Archie and how it's all about relationships and how he said he didn't know Hurley. Exactly. And, and he was only there two years. And by the way... He was at Nebraska much longer than two years. He was in Georgetown much longer than two years. So, but, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm glad he's with us. For him, this is very much him working for Archie is not dissimilar from Bruiser going to Cal. 
here's a here's a guy he's known Archie since he was a kid and that it's it is all about relationships as he said and one that goes back that long and he knows their father he's worked with the brother he's worked you know even alongside Archie at programs in different capacities that's really hard for any coach crazy or not to try to replicate in a season or two um and god UConn just sounds really cold. I know Bloomington's not exactly warm in January or February. I lived in Connecticut for a year and a half and a year and a half. That, that sounds like it's about, yeah, about two years. And then you want to get out of there. (laughs) It it was rough. It was, I mean, it was rough, but it was also 98 degrees here in Valley village today uh, in October, mid October. I don't love that either. Overall, the weather here is better, but I don't like the heat at all. Let's get back to Kenya. I love his take on the players. I love what he told us about each individual player. Um, I love the captain stuff. I hope we can use that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I really like the underclassmen captains. Like, or not underclassmen, but juniors. Yeah, not seniors. And come on now, race. That's exciting. Very. I was surprised about Rob. I really was. I I didn't, I have not seen on the court that Rob is a leader. What now I haven't seen that about race, but he just hasn't been on the court, but off the court, especially with everything that happened this year with social unrest and in, in his home state, he really took on a, a, it seemed like a leadership role within the team and kind of wore that. I think I saw something in there that, that, that had leadership qualities. I just haven't gotten any sense of that from, from Rob. So the fact that the players see that, that that's encouraging that it's encouraging that the players think there are four guys who are worthy of it. Truthfully. That's great. Yeah. yeah, And I think you go back to Knight's time and it was sort of always default the seniors. Right. Yes. And so I think it would have been disappointing if it hadn't been Al and Joey. So that's expected. But with those other two guys, it's like, along with hearing the whisperings about how well Galloway's doing early on and stuff like that. When you hear that in your, your optimism meter on those two particular players of Rob and race, you're like, okay, now I'm even a little bit more excited to see him this year than I was before he said that. I know I'm, Look, I'm trying to keep my expectations down because the only way in life that you become disappointed is if you have high expectations. That's it. And we've had high expectations for years on Indiana and we've been disappointed. So I am trying as best as I can, but I'm excited about Kenya. I'm excited about what he's going to bring to the table. I liked him talking about the recruiting approach. I liked him saying, you know, that he focuses on, a, a core group of guys in each class and he wants to win. Like he oh. just wants to win. You know what I really wanted to ask him and I forgot what's that he's been at UConn at Georgetown and, you know, even at NC state. And now he's at IU four programs that have won national titles. How badly does he want to win one? I bet. I mean, I think we could answer that for him. I mean, just he just in talking about just winning, like he wants to win. But yeah, I mean, you got to think a guy like that who's been in it as long as he has, who played, you know, and and never at that level to win a national championship for for somebody like him. I mean, imagine what it would mean to Archie. But 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 to go to work for years at these schools that have banners hanging in their rafters and be like, 
oh, I want that so bad. I, I guess I wanted to hear that in his voice. But yes, I assume it's extremely important to I him. I mean, we're not going to call him back. Um, no, but I did want to say, you were talking about your, your, your optimism. This is the reality on your optimism. The very next text chain with the goons, we might report some of these exciting things back. And by the end of that exchange, you will want to make all four of them and myself become Purdue fans. You will, you will drive us all into the ground with the pessimism. I'm just telling you, that's how it's going to play out. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, did I just bring you down the way you, yeah. you shit on our dreams yeah. when we're getting excited about I stuff? Or did you? In the in the Al Durham forty percent from three. More importantly, Kenya supported me. Yeah. So take that cliff. Now I will say this also. I asked about Race Thompson hitting a three because Jared Morris at Assembly Call thinks that Race Thompson is is going to be Kevin Durant this year, and so I <laughs> I, I for Jared's sake I wanted to to get him. Look, he did say he's working his ass off. I love the fact that at the optional workouts, every player was in the gym. Yeah. I love that. Like, because that has not been the case since Archie has been there. That has not been the case. That was the case in 2011 and 12. Yeah, they were gym rats. Those guys were, were gym, gym rats. and We got some gym rats. And by the way, Leal may never be a star, but everything you hear about him, how strong he is, how much he loves being there, the work ethic. He is going to help this team win games one way or the other. Um, For five he, years, hopefully. You know, in by terms the way, of a, Joey Brunk could come back next year. He'll be 42. <laughs> He'll be 42-year-old senior. He's like Scott Bakula in Necessary Roughness. You remember that movie? Of course I do. I loved that movie. I loved that movie. I always wondered why it didn't happen. Like, why couldn't that happen in real life? Well, I, I mean, isn't Tom Brady kind of doing that right now? No, but go away for a long time and then come back at like 38 and be yeah. like, I'm a man. Well, look, as a Colts fan, every single person is hoping Andrew Luck's going to do that. Is that something that could really happen? I, I mean, yes, it's physically possible, but I think we've all worked very hard to bury that in a place that we don't access because – very likely it does not happen. So why torture yourself knowing, oh, if he was on the team right now, we would be contending for a Super Bowl this season. Yeah. What if he came back and went to the Patriots? I'd stop watching football. Would you really? Yeah. Fuck it. No, no you wouldn't. <laughs> yes, no, you I would. would. No, you wouldn't. You're full of shit. You're, you wouldn't. I think wouldn't. I would. There's one guy on this Indiana staff that hasn't talked to us, and it's Tom Ostrom. Where are you, Tom? Where are you? Where in the where in the, in world, the world is, is Tom, Tom Ostrom? Tom. Seriously. I mean, come on. We got now, everybody. Don't do it for you, Tom. Do it for the people. For us. Oh, sorry. The people. Right. <laughs> We're part of the people. We've got a we better all... chance of talking to Ed Schilling than we do Tom Ostrom. I mean, what the <laughs> hell's going on here? I really like, look, just per, on a personal level, and it does matter because these people become part of our lives. We read about them. We watch press conferences. We watch them in the games. We're trying to pick up on every cue we can. I really like Kenya, personally. From that just couple hours with him, I just felt very good about him. I, I want to go to Dagwoods with the new Indiana odd couple of Mike Roberts and Kenya Hunter and just I'd, I'd just sit at a booth next to him and just listen in onto uh, their conversations because Mike, he's such a character. He, he's 
and and love is energy and is passion and and maybe someday we have tom on obviously we ha- we've had archie on it's like just starting to get a real full picture of what these guys are all like in a room together and and with these players like that it's just a group of dudes that i i'd want to go to work with every day yeah i i do think though they are clearly hazing kenya right because how in the world could a guy come in who's got some pre-existing health conditions <laughs> and what and and the chief way to handle it and manage that is for him to eat well and so they decide to put Roberts with them. I mean, they are clearly hazing him. I mean, he's, I need a low sodium meal. Roberts takes him to Dagwoods for a sandwich that, that has like seven and a half pounds of processed meat on it. I'm sure they have a veggie sub. Look, they've got great food. I love Dagwoods. I absolutely love those sandwiches. It doesn't get enough spin on the show, honestly. You're right. And that was a real staple of not only mine, but everybody I knew's diet back but in the day. You know what it is, though? Like, look, that was our Subway, if you will. Like, that was better than right. Subway. Yeah. But, but it wasn't like, it, it was just so convenient and like regular that whereas like little Zagreb's was like special mother. I never bears, ate there. Right. Mother bears, even for mother bears. I didn't eat at that much. It was a special pie. I got pizza express, you know, right. So Dagwood's does get overlooked, but Dagwood's is sensational. Yeah, it, it is. It's really day to day fuel for the students and faculty of Indiana university. Totally. Listen, I love Kenya. I'm on board. I believe he said he was supporting us for trustee. You heard that's that, right. right. He did not not support us for trustee. I know that. No one has not not supported us. It's like, only a matter. It, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. There's probably several people listening to this that are not supporting us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love them. I wish them nothing but the best. My God, Ward, we are like five six weeks away from playing basketball. When he said November 25th, I just immediately started doing the math. It's next month. And, and, and I'm, you know, there's still several weeks between now and then of, of spinning our wheels, trying to come up with more storylines to keep ourselves entertained. But can you imagine everything we have to talk about, to text about, to celebrate, to, to gnash our teeth about? I mean, it's real stuff. It's real, real stuff. stuff. We it's haven't had stuff. real stuff. <laughs> you just said big time stuff. Big time stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just, I mean, just Google search big time stuff and Will Ferrell and you'll be in on that joke. What the hell has become... How the hell are we lucky enough to be able to talk to people like Kenya Hunter? I mean, I, I'm honestly, I don't, I don't take any interview we do for granted. I am so pumped up about each one. I was excited about this one since it got scheduled. Like I was like looking forward to this day. And that's how I get with all of them. It's funny you mentioned that because it was around the time he was acknowledging that this was going to be a very long conversation for him <laughs> that he'd sort of been warned about before getting into it. And it, it, it hit me like viscerally that this man has a family that he doesn't get to see enough of. 
and he's talking to us. A, what a privilege. B, why on earth is he doing this? But I think it's it's really about the one and only time that we, the fans, just get to know these guys in depth. And, and I think that's just good for everybody involved. And we're so lucky we're the ones who stumbled onto the format because clearly any two Jack Hole Indiana fans could do this, right? And totally. the, the fact that- By the way, we, many people could do it better. Oh yeah. I'll go one step further. I don't think there's anyone who could do it worse. <laughs> 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 we are we are the low bar but yeah. we stumbled into it and and i will say this it's not about us it absolutely is not it is about that they know the people that are coming on our show know how important the iu fan base is to iu it is the 14th player on the team if you will sure. you know it's the 14th scholarship coaches know that administration knows that like scott dolson uh and the players know that. The ones that pay attention know that. And they have a tremendous respect for the Hoosier Nation fan base. All of them. Calbert Cheney has articulated it to us. Andre Patterson did. And everybody in between. And so they know that this is an opportunity to not do a six-minute, eight-minute, 12-minute quick hit, but to reach the fans that gave them so much in their time at Indiana and I do think it's a little bit like a love letter between the fans and the players and coaches and the other way around too. And we just get to be on the middle, you know, rung of that little like two-way ladder. Yeah, we're the middleman. What kind of metaphor is that? We're the middlemen. We're but, the middlemen. But but to be to be fair, without the fans, Indiana would have just sunk into complete obscurity over the last 20 years. You're absolutely right. And that that when you're talking about when our record has been worse than 40 other division one teams over the last couple of decades, why the hell are we still even in the conversation? Why when ESPN's deciding the lineup for the ACC big 10 challenge that we're still like put up against premier programs in the other league, it's, it's because of the fans. So hopefully the, the program is now getting back to that place where it's like, well, it's because of the product we put on the court that we are one of the top 10 programs in the country. But in the meantime, it's, it's just us who refuse to let this thing die and be anything less but elite. I, you're absolutely right. Well said. I did love when Kenya said, they told me if you win here, a lot of things open up. What kind of things do you think? Well, I, I think, it, I mean, every, I mean, from, from simple things like you'll never pay for a meal, like mm -hmm. simple things like that, to being put on the board of things, to mm -hmm. being public speaking engagements, mm -hmm. um, advertising opportunities, you know, with local businesses. Book deals? No. <laughs> no one's writing a book. No, we didn't get, I didn't see any, I didn't see any like. Usually book deals only go when things go really bad. And yeah, people exactly. want to hear why. But I, I just think like you, you do, you become legendary at Indiana if you win and win consistently. And that is what is ahead of these guys if they get it right. I mean, that, that is what's ahead of them. So I want, I want that for all of them. The world will be a lot happier and more joyful. Come on. You know that. Of course.
how much of our day-to-day life is consumed by you shitting all over the prospects of us having a good season. Imagine if we're just winning so much that you actually are happy about things. That's going to make my life, the goon's life, probably your immediate family's life so much more joyous. Look, I don't like your tone. <laughs> I don't think I'm pessimistic. I know you are. No, no. I would say this to you. Yeah. I've been pessimistic the last three years, and I was right. <laughs> okay? So if I think things are really going to turn around, and this year is going to show us that, then I will be optimistic. But it's neither optimistic nor pessimistic. It's just pragmatic. Mm. That's what I am. You're well, just- You, you you're talk just, about tone. You talk about tone. You can be pragmatic, but your tone is not pragmatic. Your just, tone is decidedly negative. Oh, when, yeah. when any of us try to put a positive spin or an optimistic spin on anything. Bullshit. I supported you on the 40% for Al Durham. You're oh, just oh, all lollipops and cupcakes. That's what you the are. the exception to the rule. The exception to the rule you picked out, the, the one thing you supported me on, and only because it was based on good, sound data. That's not even that optimistic for him to jump 2% this season. That I don't know, Going to 40% is a big deal, but I don't care. You and the rest <laughs> of your kind are lollipops and cupcakes. That's what you are. You're little happy leprechauns at the end of a rainbow. You're turds and shit sandwiches. Yummy. Oh, Yummy. That's no. so tasty. Eat no, it up. no. That's yes. not what I am. You know yes. what I am? Mm. I'm a cafeteria lunch. I'm not fancy. I'm not great. I'm not terrible. I'm white bread and Oscar Mayer bologna. It'll go down. Ugh. It won't be great. It'll come out not great, but it'll get the job done. That's what I, I am. I'm an Oscar Mayer bologna sandwich. And you know what you are? You're mm. a festive meal at like Harry Potter's like Hogwarts. That's yeah, what great. You, great. Bullshit. Yes, thank you. You're I agree. You're I bullshit. agree. You have your cafeteria bologna sandwich. Yeah, and I'll go get some butterbeer yeah. at Wizarding Collar. I'm blue collar. You know what I am? <laughs> yeah. I'm a lunch pail. I'm a construction worker metal lunch pail on You're the 72nd floor of a high-rise building. And you know what you are? You're a goddamn dancing angel on top of a wedding cake. It just sounds so much more fun what I'm doing. Yeah, it's just not real. I'm real. My people yeah. are real. No, no. I think you're you're up on your skyscraper looking down and being like, we're probably all going to fall off of this thing and die. That That's what you would say with no. your lunch pail. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> no. I'm up on the 72nd floor looking around going, it's really dangerous up here. I hope we make it. But no, you chance. wouldn't say, I hope we make it. You say, I think we're going to die. That's not true. Yes, I it is. Hope... No. Yes. No. <laughs> There's no just... one listening to this. Yeah, I was like, should because this is really just for us now. So I know, but it's still fun. I don't give it a is. shit. If the yeah. goons stick around, they'll enjoy it. Let's test them. Let's plant something right here. Yeah. Okay, goons, if you're still listening, I will send a box of cigars to Cliff and to Steve. I don't, or no, Cliff and to Labrette. John, I don't think smokes and Steve does not. We'll send them a bottle of, I'll send them a bottle of liquor. If they 
They need to text us, us a code. A code. The word. code will be shit sandwiches and bologna. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. They have to text it to both of us. It has to be on that, but it has to on be the- separate. I don't want one. Actually, they can. They can. They can do this. Here's what will happen. They can text us shit sandwiches and bologna on the group chain, but then if anyone, all of them have to respond after that with podcast. Okay, I was going to say each one should have a different word they have to text individually. Okay, let's do that. This is the worst content ever for a podcast, but let's do that. We're burying it at the end. All right, Steve gets what word? You go. Um, Wait, he was uh, Van Halen. John gets, um, what was that vest he was wearing? I, I, I wanted to say wilderness. The word that yeah, popped good. into my mind that's was good. wilderness. Okay, John gets wilderness. Um, Labrette gets tabernacle. Tabernacle. And Cliff, Zykar. He'll know what that means. How do you spell that? X-I-K-A-R. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thanks for sticking around to enjoy this. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but, but the, the sometimes, sometimes Y. Who's your man to lead us? Who's not a total dud? Who's your brother bleeding? Crimson blue blood. Who's your man demanding what you want and more? You gotta get us back to the final four We got to vote for Eric Man for you and me We all trust in Eric Future trustee If you wanna see the candy stripe Back in the promised land You best just vote for Eric Cause I know who As who's your man Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.